What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Kind of Funny Games cast. I'm Tim Geddes, joined by one of the coolest dudes in video games, Greg Miller. Sideshow Collectibles has sent me an email <laughs> saying the update on our child from the Mandalorian shipping information, and now i got to reset my password. It's mm. one of those things. It's a whole ordeal. This we need, is the we way. need that little baby Yoda. This, it, such is our code. Uh, the no, best hair in the business, Fran Mirabella III. What's up? Glad to be back. First time back in a while. Yeah, a few weeks You left weeks us or high and dry. Did, we had you for our most Top. iconic Nintendo games. I, yeah, iconic Nintendo games. That yeah. was a spicy and then, and then little episode, Super Portables. Mario Kart. Yeah, yeah. We had Sam Claiborne come through. That was a lot of fun. Oh, he I didn't talked, get to watch that. He didn't talk too you. much shit about you. But yeah, I'm sure he talked. He Everybody, talked that's that's the way. The also, that is that is okay. still August to October. Okay, the child okay. I'm feeling good about that. And then the new face of video games with the new cut. Yeah, the fresh that's cut, fresh. dude. Blessing at AOA Junior. I've never worked above a barbershop before and it is an underrated like perk to work yeah, in. sure it is just be great. able to pop down there yeah at first i was like i'm not gonna spend that much money money for a barber but i was like you know what man i'm just gonna act like i'm also paying uh like uh bus fare or whatever i'm just yeah. gonna i'm just gonna add that in. yeah i would have done, done, done that anyway at home so like you know considering that and considering how good they do it yeah. gets out yeah they're it's awesome real good yeah it's damn good this is the kind of funny games cast each and every week right here on youtube.com slash kind of funny games we get together talk about video games all the things we love about them and this week it's gonna be a lot of love i can feel it I feel a lot of love already this is all uh, you can get the show on youtube.com slash kind of funny you can get it on roosterteeth.com you can get it on podcast services just search for kind of funny games cast you can also get the show ad free with the exclusive post show by going to patreon.com slash kind of funny games which also allows you to watch this show live when we record it or be a patreon producer boy howdy there's a ton of you this month james davis david mintel mohammed mohammed the nanobiologist frank furter talia floyd jesus berrio eamon martin William A. Nance, Billy Laporta, Michael Bradley, Robin Wyland, Tom Bach, Jordan Luck, Julian Grudadaria, dope ass name. Right? Uh, Max A. Blair, Cody Banks, Agent Cody Banks himself, <laughs> Trent Berry, Jacob Plick III, Thomas J. Meehan, Sancho West, Sean I., Evan May, Stephen Insler, Elliot Kosh, Kosh uh, David Norwich, Ben Woth, Adam Bankhurst, Evan Ballard, Keith Lewis, James Hastings, Quade Burnett, Casey Kern, Luke Pattinson, Travis Ray, and Joseph O. Yusuf. You love to see it. You love to see it, Greg. Yeah, we were talking about streaming Fortnite this week. We are, and uh, we were going to do try. We were talking about doing like a little nice collab with with Sancho West right. there. But I brought that up to Andy, and Andy goes, "Dude, he's real family friendly." And I was like, "Oh man, mm. we, I can yeah, do it." I can do it. Not I don't believe you. Dude, I've been on all sorts of stuff and I don't curse. Mm-hmm. WWE programming? Mm-hmm. Come on. You mm-hmm. think WWE smaller potatoes than Sancho <laughs> motherfucking West? See, there we go. There we go, everybody. I love it. You'll love to see it. Friend, where have you been at? Twitch.tv slash FM3. What you been up to? Naturally. uh, You know, I beat Sekiro New Game Plus. And thank you, everybody. A lot of best friends stopped by. They wanted to, they wanted to see that. So, again, what happened, right? I picked a path where it ends a bit early. It's the dark path. That was mm-hmm. my first playthrough. So I didn't get to see a bunch of stuff, and I said I got to do it. Boy, was that tough, but we did it. So very Hell exciting. Hell yeah. And then, Are you um, ready to throw all that garbage away and get ready for the Division <laughs> 2 Warlords oh, of New we're York? Ready. We're, we're back, back, baby. NYC. And I do want to shout out also thank you to everybody who's been using that creator code in the Epic Store, Fran Mirabella. Seriously, it's still been happening. It must be the best friends, man. Hell thank yeah. you guys for the support. Thank you. That's good shit. You see that everyone else here is playing Bloodborne? 
Yeah, wait, I saw Andy was. What's everybody else? Oh, I'm also no. playing Bloodborne. Yeah. Big really? Yeah, man. Just beat the Blood Star Beast a few weeks ago. Is this <laughs> not, your first Souls for... game? Yeah. So I haven't played these other ones yet, so I'm very excited. Mm. What's your next step? Are you so now you're are you done with Sekiro? Yeah, yeah. I'm I can't keep playing that right now. It would yeah. Are you gonna immediately move on to another? You get, so I really want to play Bloodborne. I'm, I'm I'm almost certainly going to do that, but I'm like, dang, I know that at some point they're going to announce it's coming, you know, 60 frames, PS5, whatever. Mm. What, 240 frames for all I know. You'll have to pay so, for PS5. You'll get a free What about Xbox. that Neo 2? So there's a chance of Dark Souls 3, and then, yeah, I know Neo 2 people are excited about, but uh, I'll probably That's go into soon. a Souls game. Isn't that so. like next week? But let's yeah. but, but Greg already, soon. you know, he hit the nail on the head. He doesn't have to worry about next week, because next week's taken care of. Mm -hmm. Division 2, Warlords of New York. We're back, baby. Yeah. Ten more Warlords levels. New York. The other big news is Trials of Osiris is back in Destiny 2. If you don't know what it is, it's a crazy mode that I used to play, insane hours. So there's going to be a lot of that happening in mid-March. Exciting stuff. Yeah. How's, how's Bloodborne going for you? Oh, man. I So I've been out of the game for like maybe like a week and a half, maybe like two weeks, because I got to an area that just was super difficult. And I just had a talk with Andy actually yesterday, and he was telling me about how he got to that area, and he was like, hey, you don't have to fight people. Just, like, run past, and you'll, you'll be able to, Coward. like, get out of the area. And I was like, wait, really? And, yeah, sure enough, like, I started playing, and I was like, oh, yeah. Or I, I didn't start playing it. I, started, I looked at gameplay of it, and I was like, oh, yeah. Like, literally, I can just, like, walk past two steps over here, and I can get out of the area. And so I plan to go back soon, but so far, I'm really enjoying it. Like, Bloodborne is it's one of those games where, you know, it's, it's, it's hard, and everybody talks about how difficult these games are, but, I mean, I think, like, if you... I think anybody could really get into it if they tried. That's yeah, what I'm yeah. kind of gathering from it. It's also, it's also scary, which is the thing that's getting me. Like yeah. I'm more, I'm more so being pushed away by the the terror of it and the anxiety of playing it rather than the actual difficulty. The, the difficulty, I'm like whatever. <laughs> it's the horror elements where I'm like, oh shoot. Oh but really? Fun, the yeah. horror elements. Yeah. It's not just the anxiety of how tough it is. No, yeah. It's just that like, it's I can, creepy. I, yeah, I can deal with hard Weird. boss fights. Like I, I feel like for me, I play a lot of fighting <laughs> games, and so I'm used to I'm used to losing. Yeah, and from, having having that quality, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll I'll die to a boss all day. From software does weird stuff. I I've been wanting to play this game forever. I have I I, I guess you guys haven't played it, right? So it's actually too bad. I bet you it would have been on somebody's you know top ten out of ten you know mm. list. I've started but, it a couple yeah. times. I know people. It's like adored. It's like a what? Sorry, adored. it's adored by people. I know adored. That it is, yes, it yes, is yes, on yes. many people's like top twenty. Yeah. Everybody's always like, you got to power through it. You got to play through the point. You're like, oh, I'm good. If I don't like it right <laughs> yeah. away, you already. Not? Greg's like, it. I'm not powering. I don't want to power through anything. I want to have fun. Today we are talking about what games are ten out of tens to us. Big topic. You know what I mean? A Big hard topic. thing to think about. I want to start this off by saying, what is a ten out of ten to you? I was going to ask this question because that's the thing. Is, of course, some of the things on here are games I reviewed for IGN and did not get I 10 out of 10. So, like, you know what I mean? So, I don't think it's legitimate. Well, I mean, in the, even with that scenario, maybe I should have gone and given Peace Walker a 10. Nobody knows. Uh, I do know. I should have. I was a coward. Well, let me ask you. So, what to you is a 10 out of 10, and how does that differ from what an I, a 10 out of 10 to IGN means when you are reviewing for them? Well, I do regret my Peace Walker score. It should have been a 10 out of 10. I did a 9.5, and that was a cowardly move, and I apologize to everyone. <laughs> Stand by Uncharted 3, though. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think at IGN, you're trying to be more, and Frank can back me up on this, you're trying to be more objective, critical. You're trying, you know what I mean? Like, you're not letting fandoms get in the way or how much you like one aspect. Like, it, can it be that you love the single-player aspect so much, but the multiplayer was totally garbage in a cash-in, like IGN, I think that affects the it, overall score, whereas here, I think you could be like, it's 10 out of 10. Yeah, I think there's a lot, I think the big difference, how I would put it is, when you're working in a place like IGN, well, number one, it was a 100-point scale, which just sort of changes the way that you would 
there's there's going to be very few tens in my opinion if like there's a hundred points you can give like why wasn't it just a 99 it, it did have this little issue speaking right? of what, what what's a 99 to you friend <laughs> people yeah it's people give me a lot of crap for double dash obviously being a, a 7.9 totally outrageous. but little did they know the first the first that wait was, was it you that just shy of maybe a perfect score was Majora's Mask. Oh, okay. you're thinking of Jade Empire? Aren't no, you? I'm thinking of Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Oh no, that wasn't me. Is that Chris Roper or something? I Somebody gave that a nine point nine. I want to. I want to see them. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, you gave Majora's Mask a nine point. Yeah, I mean, they came out. You know, a couple years after uh, Ocarina of Time, and rightly so. I was like, this game's really incredible. I think some people are going to take it. Some people won't. But it's really amazing, and for various reasons, I was like. Not a 10. So do you think a 10 out of 10 needs to be enjoyed, be able so, to be enjoyed by anyone? So, you know, the way I was going to sum this up was like IGN, you think a lot about people's like pocketbooks and like, man, they got to spend money. And also it was a hundred point scale. So different world. I feel like on this show, and hopefully that's what it is. It's like, this is our personal. Absolutely. Like, there's, for me, there's this sentimental personal element of now I'm looking back and I can say, Oh, that game's a 10. I can look back on something that I never reviewed and say, oh, that game's a 10. So it's a little less review and more like a personal list of like these perfect games in your mind. Is Majora's Mask a 10 to you now? Uh, no, it didn't make my list. It's, it's an incredible game, but uh, I have a huge list, by the way. Yeah. But that's what happened to me. I'm like, oh, now I can look back, and I'm like, I have this huge list of games that I now think about as these 10s that I actually wouldn't have given a 10 when I reviewed them, if that makes sense. Yeah. There's sort of this longevity to them as well. Bless. So this was a fun thing for me to think about this week as we're kind of ramping up towards this games cast because I have like an ever-growing and evolving document of games that I have that I just refer to as my favorite games, right? It's the document that's literally called my favorite games of all time. And whenever I play a game where I'm like, this is worthy of that list, I add it on. And it's just like a list of 50 games. I'm like, these are my favorite games. This is like my favorite 50 games. That said, there are games in my top 10 that I wouldn't – or there, yeah, there are games in my top 10 that I wouldn't say are a 10 out of 10. And there are games that are lower in my list that I would say are, are, are a 10 out of 10. And I think the reason, I think, I think the differentiator for me is there's a certain, like Greg said, there's like a certain objectivity to it. And I, I, I think, you know, that, that's a word you can use, but I feel like there's also like a, a certain level of this is an achievement or this is something that individually does something that's, that's amazing. And so I actually wrote down a few definitions. Go for, for it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, before you get into the definitions, you're yeah. talking about how there's some games that are on your list. They're not in your top 10, yeah. but you'd say that they're 10 like, out of 10. Do yeah. you think that there are games that are on your 10 out of 10 list that aren't on your favorite games list? Oh. All these games are, are in my top 50. But, like, I like spoilers, I have Inside on my list. Inside isn't a game that's, like, in my top 20, right? But Inside is a game that I, I would say is easily a, a 10 out of 10. Because it is just a supremely polished, amazingly made game, right? That accomplishes everything, every single thing that it does. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. DK sixty four yeah. is in my top fifteen, Dear right? Jeff Force Gemini is in my top twenty. Those Dear games God. aren't ten out of tens, right? But like, I think those games. One, I have that connection with those whoa, games, whoa, right? Whoa, that makes whoa, whoa, it. Whoa, whoa, no, no, no! Don't get ahead of yourself and put DK sixty four in the non ten out of ten list. Bless. It's like a nine point eight. 9.8, y'all motherfuckers. <laughs> it's a similar thing where I went through game of the year lists, right? Making sure I was, am I forgetting something? Am I going? And I was surprised to see games I put on this 10 out of 10 list weren't my games of the year. Like, mm -hmm. they weren't getting my number one nod for what the best game that year was. Interesting. Yeah. And so, like, I have three definitions of what makes 
for me a masterpiece or a 10 out of 10 right uh number one games that display an exceptional amount of excellence and polish across multiple multiple fields i.e story gameplay design level design music technical performance etc right so something like that for me is god of war or last of us right like these are games that across all fields achieve what they're trying to do and you know have an exceptional level of polish an exceptional level of like oh yeah the the story is amazing the gameplay is amazing the camera work is amazing like every single uh like all these different facets facets of these games are polished and just pristine right that makes a 10 out of 10 game to me uh, the second definition I have is games that exceptionally innovate on a mechanic, system, or feature in a way that will go on to influence a large number of games to come after, i.e. Mario 64 or Breath of the Wild, right? Where Mario 64 is is an easier one to use as, as an example because, like, that's a game where we can see how that game influenced other games, right? Like, Mario 64 might not be, like, a perfect game. Mario Odyssey, for example, like, is just Mario 64, but, you know, it's more modern, more polished, more mechanics, more all these things, right? But I think Mario 64 is more of a 10 out of 10 games because it went on to then influence how 3D games will work and 3D games will exist, right? Like that game figured out the camera, that game figured out analog movement, that game figured out uh, 3D level design for platformers, figured out all these different things. And so that, that game's a 10 out of 10 for me because of how well it innovates and like defines what's gonna, what's going, what games are going to be moving forward. And then my third definition, is games that are uniquely special as a work of art. This can be due to, to a touching story that transcends what other games have aspired, gameplay design that is uniquely fresh and captivating, and engaging beyond, uh, engaging beyond anything else within its genre, or other qualities, or, or a combination of qualities that set the game apart. So I'm thinking of games like Undertale, Nier Automata, Hellblade, which, right, like, it's gonna differ from person to person, like, what makes that game a 10 out of 10, but for me, like, you know, Undertale is a game that I think touches a lot of people because of how well-written that story is and how unique that game is. And, and the, the the unique facets of that game, for a lot of people, make that game a 10 out of 10 in a way that it's kind of hard to limit to this game is amazingly polished or this game is uh, innovative, mm -hmm. right? Like, it, that game that game is going to touch people differently. But yeah. for the people that it really touches, it's going to, like, be up there, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so, definitely. like, for all the games that I have on my list, I kind of attribute them to, like, one of those qualities. Yeah, and I think yeah, like you touch on it there at the end, right? Of like, what's a ten out of ten to you is what you define this podcast as, and so I think there are games that touch you, right? Like I think that there's games that I would look at and talk about, obviously on a different scale level, uh, systems that this is a ten out of ten. Something at IGN, I would give it a ten, right? But on my my ten out of ten list, I'm, I don't think I'm going to put that there. Mm -hmm. You're speaking to something that's incredibly personal and tells you, and for somehow resonates with you in a way that I don't think would shine through necessarily in review. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's it's difficult. Like, I, I try to just make my list of not limiting it all and just, like, any game that I thought of that I'm like, is that a 10? Let's just put it on the list. And my list is very long, and I, mm. I'm kind of like Fran, where I'm yeah. surprised at how many games I put here. But then it's an interesting thing where I start looking at the list, and I'm like, well, compared to each other, are these all equal? Are all these all 10s? And that's where it gets complicated yeah. for me, especially because, like, what you're talking about, Greg, with it, like, needing to connect with you and the objectivity of it, like... It's funny for me, there's multiple franchises that come up a couple times, like Mario being an example. And when I really look at it, I'm like, what Mario games do I consider a 10 and why? That, to me, starts mm -hmm. to define what is a 10 out of 10 to me because it they aren't necessarily my favorite ones. And it's not necessarily the one that... Uh, took it the furthest like in innovation but yeah. it's the ones that it, like do all these other things and that, it's gonna be it's yeah gonna be a like there's yeah I, for me there's a 10 out of 10 on my list that is e like easily for me i think is a better game than all the rest of the 10 out of 10s and it's, it's like a hard thing to kind of pull together because i'm like okay does that make it does that mean that this game's a 10 out of 10 and all these other games really aren't 10 out of 10s or is it just like 
well, really, it's an 11 <laughs> situation. Yeah, yeah it's like, funny. Go for it. I was just going to say, in, in sort of like a weird, uh, bizarro Fran world, I'm like, more on the same page with you. I'm like, it's just freestyle Solon as I'm looking through like this list of like all these iconic games in the past and like maybe more specifically too, like I was more like the 10 point scale on this one. It was like, yeah, I, get to, exactly, I, get to, exactly. I get to allow to look my look back and I'm allowed to, you know, and as someone who used to review and so I'm like, I can now just say, yeah, that's a 10 and not have to worry about it with the pressure. So it's weird. That's where I'm coming from. Yeah. Uh, it feels like maybe that's where you were coming yeah, from. Yeah, kind of. It's to a point, but I also feel then once I'm looking at the list, I become a lot more critical. Like an example of that for me is Smash Brothers, undeniably yeah. my favorite franchise of all time. And I think that it's undeniable that Ultimate is the best. Like when you look at it, yeah, I, especially <laughs> now in terms of playability, in terms of the balance, in terms of the roster, mm-hmm. it's still growing all this stuff. But there were issues with it. When I compare it to other Smash games, it's like the single player was lacking. The spirits were not as engaging as trophies. Like there were so many things I kind of ding it for that they should have got right. right. That I look back and I'm like, Melee is a 10. Exactly like Smash so. Melee is a 10. And it is one of my least favorite Smash games. Yeah. But it's a 10. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's funny. Like, that and is, it's a yeah. 10, but it's a 10 to me. Yeah. Like, that, that's the thing. Mm, that exact example I have on my list, and it's like Super Smash Brothers Melee, Super Smash Brothers Melee, I didn't even hesitate. That I'm like, that's a 10. And then I like, I was like, oh, wait. And in parenthesis, I was like, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate question mark? And like, that's exactly what happened to me. But, you know, my pick was Melee yeah. just for a variety of reasons. I think it gets hard because I, th- I feel like with Smash Brothers, I at a certain point, and I know like these are all... These are numbers, right? But are we being too mathematic with it? Whereas, like, is is mainly it being a ten out of ten, you know, because it doesn't have because it didn't have like a world of light there to kind of bring it down, even though but it had adventure mode and that adventure mode was uh-huh. dope. When you look back on it, compared to the, you know things that happen after, it's not as dope. But yeah. at the time, and I feel like as a full package of melee of like what that game had you do and, and the the way that it like kind of like led you to get the trophies and stuff, like via playing those modes yeah. over and over and over, all those elements remained a ten out of ten for me throughout the entire experience, okay. you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm sense. I'm definitely not, you know, full disclosure. Like, I'm not gonna compare my list with each other. That's me personally. I'm like I uh, then, then my whole list would be screwed up. Like saying, "Well, which one of these is truly a 10? But my thing so is, so I, I don't know if you guys are coming from there, but I'm not. I think it, it, each one of us come from yeah. a different place. But for me, I definitely am comparing them. But that doesn't mean that they both can't be tens. I think that when I'm looking mm. at Smash, it's not just that. Oh, Melee's a ten over Ultimate. It's that when I look at them, I'm like, Melee's a ten, and the others aren't. Yeah, you know? may, mm. and, and maybe more specifically, there it's like, well, you get into like, wait, if you put Smash on your list. Are you? Am I then saying that Melee is the absolute best of them because it's the only one on my list that's a ten? And a, again, personally, I'm like, I didn't really go to that depth here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is more about my tens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Let's start. Let's start doing the uh, list before here. we do. We do have breaking news. Oh, I saw I'd like this. to go back to October 25th, 2004. <laughs> oh no! At 3:30 p.m. IGN posted their review of Grand Theft Auto San Andreas with the subhead, the best PlayStation 2 game ever. And it was written by the one and only Jeremy Dunham. (laughs) Of course, the man who gave me my start in the industry, co-founder of Podcast Beyond alongside of me, a million other things now over at Sionix, a big way. Never playing Rocket League ever again. (laughs) I did what I do best, Tim, and hit up Jeremy Dunham on text message. And I said, are you available for a phone call? We have an emergency. (laughs) And he said, I am not. I am a very important person. Person now at a video game company, I'm in a meeting, and I'm like, I got you. Here, uh, fuck, stop listening to your meeting. 
Blessing wants to throw hands. All right. <laughs> he's mad. And he's like, what about? I'm like, San Andreas. He's not, he can't believe you gave it a 9.9, right? To which Jeremy responds, you can tell him I stand by that rating. What? Now, hold on. Here, It's going to take a turn. It's okay. going to take a very interesting turn. He started getting into, it was almost 20 years ago, the scope of it, the feel, the ambition was unmatched. Plus, I was a teen. And I'm like, no, 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 no. He's not saying you overrated it. He's saying it deserves to be a 10. Perfect. Here's where it gets very spicy as we mm. start this. Oh. I couldn't give it a 10 because I our definition for ratings was different back then. It has changed multiple times since then. And since I have OCD, I was a stickler for definitions. And I was like, oh, man, do you even remember? He's like, no, it was 16 years ago. I don't <laughs> off the top of my head remember <laughs> world, what man. one thing. But I think that was still when very it's Masterpiece tests. now. It used to be Masterful when I started in 2007. Oh, yeah, I forgot. So I don't even know what it was, what a 1010, if yeah. it would have been Masterful or I, if it would have been something different. I think it was Masterful, but it was like similar to the definitions you're talking about. I think it was um, like it was perfect. And frankly, it's like we know that. That whatever the camera had problems in San Andreas, and it's like you had some glitches, sure. And it had there actual, you there like, you can't use the D pad drive, it. hated that. Yeah, really? it had enough yeah. like things going on, you know, that so, it just wasn't perfect technically, maybe. Before we actually get into the list, because I th this is fun here, these words that IGN would describe, and I feel like IGN would use this kind of a standard, obviously, because yeah. we were all there, but also just they have a good review scale, yeah. The words masterful, masterpiece, and they're obviously evolving and changing based on you know how this whole process works but a perfect 10 like the word perfect right i feel like a lot of critics can kind of like, be like well nothing's perfect that's why whatever. it wasn't the word wasn't perfect but, in fact i think we had a meeting about but, that where it's like well we can't call it perfect. i'm throwing out there but just, well, i just want i just right? want you yeah. guys to be thinking about this as we as we start okay. doing the, the sure, artists ourselves sure, sure, sure. are any of these games perfect perfect yeah yeah, that's a great thing. And before then, I'd like to read you an email that I got that I have now been put into a very special club that I think is going to speak to you, Tim Geddes, mm -hmm. as a game player, and me, Greg Miller, as a fat guy. <laughs> Hi, Greg. I'm reaching out to you on behalf of my client, Butterfinger. <laughs> and we wanted to see if you would be open to receiving a special gaming-related mailer from us. You exemplify what it means to game better with Butterfinger. We're proud to share that we have partnered with Square Enix in promotion of Final Fantasy VII Remake. The mailer we're, we're sending you exemplifies our shared love of gaming. Fuck yeah, man. And so I hit him like, yeah, starting March 3rd with the purchase of any two Butterfingers, Baby Ruth, or Crunch Bars, Final Fantasy VII Remake players can register online to receive a dynamic theme for their PlayStation 4 featuring fan-favorite character Tifa Lockhart. Participating players can also earn and redeem codes to download items that enhance characters in the game when it releases on April 10th. Up to five different pieces of in-game armor and accessories and that boost stats and abilities that will be available with more powerful <laughs> items awarded after every code redemption. In-game content offer supplies last. I love the world. You yeah. know, when you think Final Fantasy, you think Butterfingers. I do. Look right. at that. Unlock your DLC. Look at Cloud oh, with a crunch what bar. What the fuck? I mean, that is very... Remember Final Fantasy 15 with the ramen? I was gonna, that, that is like a very Final Fantasy thing, right? Didn't Final Fantasy 7 have, have a partnership with like Pizza Hut? Probably. Uh, they had a demo on the... They probably... Pizza Hut disc. I don't know. Yeah, about. I think that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah the demo. So oh, that's kind of up there. Here's the Nestle Crunch part of this too, though. Oh Get yeah, well, I mean, that, that, that's all, all part of this. Family. It's Nestle. It's Nestle. Yeah, because it's a uh, Ferrero USA Incorporated, part of the global confectionery company Ferrero oh. Group. So they announced a partnership Ferrero with Square Chocolate. Enix to bring Final Fantasy VII Remake players dynamic. Square quote. Quote, Square Enix is the perfect partner to help us get gamers excited about our delicious products, said Sylvia Borla, Vice President of Marketing at Faro Chocolate Brands. This partnership is an important next step in connecting Faro to the world of gaming. And it worked. Here we are. Here we are. And I love Nestle Crunch. Yeah. Greg yeah, Miller. That's my pick yeah. of those. What's a 10 out of 10 game? 
Now, I think I know you're gonna call this ten out of ten. What's it mean to you? Kind of funny games cast. Blah 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 blah. You also could have called this hashtag hard truth part two. All right, because there's gonna be some hard truths in here. Pills people gotta swallow. All right, and I understand how people feel about games, certain games, the biases that are carried with them, the popular opinion of certain things. Your first hard truth is simple. What is a ten out of ten to Greg Miller? It is a game that I would say, and I don't say this lightly, and I will defend it as we argue today, is a perfect game. Whoa. Is a revolutionary game. Has changed video games in our lifetime in the past few years and will continue to be reverberated throughout time. Fortnite. Mm. Oh. Fortnite is a 10 out of 10. Battle Royale, of course. I'm not talking about Save the World. Andrew, Renee, get the fuck out of here. We're talking about (laughs) Battle Royale, right? And... Just this past week with uh, Season 2 for Chapter 2 starting, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll jump back in. I didn't play any of cha- uh, any of Chapter 2 so far. And I haven't played since December 2018, right? Oh, That's wow. right. Yeah, because like, I got That's addicted to it, right, Like during that time. when It was kind of like my DC Universe and stuff where mm-hmm. I'm like in and out, in and out. Ebb the flow. And jumping back in this past week in a time where I'm super excited for Animal Crossing and I'm super excited for Division 2 and I'm super excited for Doom and like all these things that are close but not here and so it's that uh, I try the games I have I jump into for a while I'm like ah that's not what I'm feeling right Fortnite is perfect in the way that Fortnite is designed to either eat up all of your time or as one match as much time as you want to give it uh, I you know ju- playing this thing I cannot not be amazed by it the technical achievement this game is playing on my PlayStation four. Then, you know, we woke up the next day to start watching love is blind. And I was like, you know what? I'll try it on the iPad. Sunk my dual shock four to it, played it on the iPad. The next day we were still doing, I was like, I'm going to use that thing and put it on my phone, did it on the phone, played it. All my progress is carried over. I am not never been the frame counting Fran over here. You know what I mean? Doing all <laughs> these different things. Fran. I'm on great Wi-Fi. I'm on to the newest iPhone and the newest iPad. It is running flawlessly. It is running uh, to the point that if I didn't know better, you know, I, mean, I was somehow you're on a newer iPad or whatever, brand oh, new yeah, iPad, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. more powerful than Switch by a long shot. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, like they're so good, and the carryover of my progress, and the one synced account, and the one synced friends list, and the ability to drop in, drop out, do all these different things. Uh, every story you've heard about it being a community gathering place for you know kids or whatever, where that's what they're doing now, rather than go to the the malt shop or the mall, right? They're just jumping into Fortnite and fucking around, not even worrying about winning, like. I see that. Like, I was playing this weekend, and uh, our friend Richie, his kids popped on, and they, they play Fortnite all the time. They saw me, invited me. I joined their group. We did one real squads match, and then they're like, you want to just go to creative? And I'm like, I'll do whatever. And we just went to creative and ran around and screwed around, sh- shot shit, and one of their friends joined, and it was like, wow, this is happening. All that aside, like, the personal, again, even though it is my personal, why I think it's a 10 out of 10, I think the gameplay is just so good. And I know that Fortnite loves to get shit on. You know, and they don't, I guess. People love to shit on Fortnite. And it's, you know, become so popular and so huge that you just take it for granted that it is that popular and it is that huge. And it is an easy punchline. And when I tweet out an image of it, I get shit for playing it or whatever. And it's like such a gamers throwing their nose up at something that's doing something insane. Not And, not, and then on top of everything I just said, reinventing itself nearly every week, definitely every cycle, you know what I mean, in terms of what their battle pass is going to be, doing all these different things. The fact that it's fucking free, like, I think we get so caught up in it. It was two years ago or whatever, I was back in Chicago for Christmas, and Jen was running around doing something in a Walmart, and me and my dad were there. I forget. She needed something very specific. I forget what. So she's off. (laughs) And me and my dad are just wandering video game aisle, and he's like, so what is the biggest game? 
And I started doing the thing of like, oh, well, you know, Call of Duty's selling really well. And this is, and I was like, wait, you see this? And I pointed at Fortnite. I'm like, that, that game is free. I mean, I pulled my dad's brand new phone. I'm like, you could play it on here right now and download it right now and be into the game and going. And he's like, and it was like explaining to him this thing that's juggernaut, this. And I know so far my why is it a 10 out of 10 is that it's popular and is that it's like done all these things, but that is part of its core, right? And the fact that it's changed how we all see games. It, it made the battle pass the battle pass. It took, I remember when me and Andrea started uh, Kind of Funny Games Daily talking about PUBG every fucking day. New, oh man, new concurrent record on Steam. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, this thing's insane. This is changing everything. And then when Fortnite totally aped them and came out and just ran away with it, it changed streaming, it changed this. But again, throw all that out the, the gate. Playing it is fun. Playing it is great. The systems they've installed in this, me, Greg Miller, Trophy Horn number one, who talks about playing games and feeling like, oh man, I'm wasting my time because I'm never going to platinum this and I'm never going to get it, right? No trophies in Battle Royale. I'm still motivated to go in there. I still want to see my level increase. I still want to unlock the next thing in the battle pass. They're so great at, you know, here are your daily challenges. Here are your challenges for just in general, all the stuff that's free that'll give you the bonus XP, that'll get the stuff for free, never put a dollar into this fucking game. And they do it so well that you have people like me that are, when a costume I do want to have pops up, I'm like, oh, here's take the money. Like, you've earned this money. Mm-hmm. I've gotten the fun out of this already. And, like, even in, during this, like, year off, pretty much, right? It was like, oh, Batman skins? I'll yeah. buy it. I, I have no intention of playing Fortnite anytime soon, but yeah. I'm going to get back to it. Because, again, you're going to, even if I don't love biplanes or whatever, you're going to reinvent this thing and put something into it I really do like. And yeah. it's amazing the different ecosystems that exist. You know, playing on the phone this weekend, right, has been so great for me of jumping back in and playstation 4 was just getting the shit kicked out of me as you'd expect and i was never great on ps4 i was always better on switch again for, we got into switch because it was a new audience you were able to grow with it being on mobile and playing it on uh, ipad and iphone right it's giving me that chance to catch my breath and remember like when i get shot at to build and stuff and so when i switched back to playstation 4 last night because i'd been winning a bunch on mobile and it was that thing of like all right how much of it is bots how much of it is i'm playing with a controller and whoever's playing with their ipad is not and i'm sure there's a good amount of that right but it did change the way i play and teach me how to play better that when i went to playstation 4 last night i was fucking cleaning up and then you know my last match before bed or whatever i still ended up at number two but it was close and it was me building and it was me making up you know my little tower to get to and understand trajectories on it and then you know scott Lowe hit me up and we joined and went ran and did squads for a little bit and it's just like that game is so good at what it does mechanically. You know, shooting feels good. I, I think it. Do, you know, I think when we talk about game design, which isn't as often as you'd expect, I think. But I remember a long time ago talking to somebody about it. And they were talking about Mario, right? And like, and I'm probably Jared Petty actually. Now that I start to say this, it's Jared Petty. But of what poetry the opening screens of Super Mario Brothers are, right? Because you start going and, the, you know, the Goomba comes at you and you touch the Goomba and you learn, oh, that kills me. You know, you jump on the Goomba, okay, that I can kill him. You hit the blocks for the first time, oh, I can smell, oh, this one, ha- question marks, have th- you know what I mean? Like, you start doing it. Fortnite does the same thing of, like, if you're paying attention to the cues it's giving you, right, of you're running and your, your crosshairs are super wide, but then you stop and they get closer and then you crouch and they go right to, on top of each other. And it's teaching you these little things that I think even... Obviously, other games have done that. I'm not, you know, accuracy wasn't invented by Fortnite. But the poetry in which this game tells you how to play it and what it does to it. Of even like when, you, when we first started, right, and we're screwing around and you'd be smashing into a wall and those bullseye pops up. And you're like, why? Oh, you hit it and it goes faster, right? You do these things and it goes faster. You're making less noise if you do this, blah, 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 blah. Like, 
all that said, it's still just fun to run and shoot things. It is still just f- fun to team up with your friends and run around and try to win. It is still fun for me to camp and hide. And I do it way less and in a different way than when we first started playing. I use it more as a tactic, and I know I need to build and all these different stuff. But, like, Fortnite last night, I lose, sure, at number two. But I put down the controller, and I was like, I haven't been this energized since I came home. It was a long day of shooting yesterday, right? And we did a bunch of stuff. And so I got home, and I was exhausted. But, like, I felt my heart in my chest. And it's a game that I get no trophies for. It's a game that, you know, in a, in a, when the season's over, the progress will get wiped. Mm-hmm. But, like, it is that good as core gameplay that your heart is still pounding at the end when you get there. Ten. Yeah, I was going to say, I agree with a lot of what you said, and it's easy to take Fortnite for granted. I think mm-hmm. you nailed the... That's exactly what we were going through in the beginning. Was like, man, newer games are so different when, versus looking back. But anyway, revolutionary, yes, perfect. No, I wouldn't go that. That's a word that, yeah, I'm, I'm a little more scared to use. Maybe. Sure. Um, I appreciate I'm, I'm, you for going that. Thank far. you, no problem. But I'm like <laughs> Fortnite being perfect. I don't know. Like, what, what for you? What to you makes it imperfect? Well, I think we get into a bigger discussion about what would make a game perfect. Um, and I probably I do have one. You know, it's it's the invention of what it is. And it's simpler, so it's easier to say that it's perfect. Okay, but no, for Fortnite, what do you think makes it imperfect? Because what I'm saying very specifically is Fortnite is perfect at being Fortnite. I'm not saying it's the best third-person shooter, right? I'm not saying I'm not going on that one. I'm saying it's perfect. Well, as at what, what Fortnite is trying to accomplish, it is perfect at. Ah, so it's got an asterisk. Yeah, yes, okay. As a battle royale that's free for everybody across all platforms and you know you tack all that on i'm a little more open to that for sure it's it definitely is incredible the live events which you didn't even mention but yeah. the, the, that you know i always have brought up i think on gamescast all last year i'm like that is just like nobody's still able to do what they're doing there it is insane you know when they have one of those big events uh where right the last big big one for chapter two you know where you yeah. like hopped in and the world, world freaking got sucked into it yeah let, in the one before that, or a few before that, maybe, where you like all hopped in, you live voted as millions of players like on a weapon that was going to be in the game. It's the type of stuff that you like say that would be cool if, and they've it, despite it even breaking for a moment, like incredible. So I see where you're coming from, especially within that uh, that capsule there. But Frank, what's a game that's ten out of ten to you? Let's just get the simple one out of the way that I mentioned that I do think it's perfect and it's just unbelievable. It's Tetris. Like Tetris is a perfect video game. I, I like it was on watches and it now is on everything and now they're iterating into new things of course like EGM's number one best I, game of all time on yeah the top and, list. and it'll be on other people's lists I'm sure the puzzle games you know that are like inspired by this and of course so uh, just I think it's an easy one that it's absolutely a ten and you, I couldn't pick the version but just Tetris period yeah, you know, yeah. is incredible um, and it's not a 10 but I always want to give a shout out to Pokemon Puzzle League yeah. which is oh, built on yeah. Tetris Attack yeah, baby. let's go I always yeah. want to just shout that out love it it's not a 10 uh, Pokemon Puzzle League I wouldn't give a 10 no but it I, I, wouldn't I actually <laughs> did review it by the way and gave it I think a 9 a 9, nine. A nine. but back nine then especially right. like this was in the midst of like Majora's Mask and you know uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater and all these games that people are loving and I'm a new review reviewer on the scene at IGN, and I was like, Pokemon Puzzle League is a nine, and I got a lot of like, what? <laughs> What's this like crap about this puzzle game so that's good. a Pokemon? So what? Oh man, it's so good. Bless. So in the spirit of going new and unexpected, and that's speaking off of Greg with Fortnite, not off of Fran with <laughs> I've yeah, never heard of Pokemon Puzzle League. Way, yeah. uh, I'm gonna say Astrobot Rescue Mission is a ten Ooh. out of ten. It is in the top tier of platformers I've ever played. Right? I, I feel like I can only. 
I can only compare it to other platformers that are tens, right? When I think about it, right? Like I, I in in PS Love You XOXO when I was talking about it, right? I invoked uh, Mario Galaxy, right? Which I also put up there is like in the top tier. But Astrobot Rescue Mission, I feel like if we're talking about polish and excellence in in design, like every single level in that game felt new and felt fresh. It was introducing a new idea in a way where I was like, oh. This is cool. Like this is fun. Like this is a this is a great idea and this is clever, right? Not to mention that like in terms of this is the thing I forgot to mention on PS Love so that like in terms of the ways in which they kind of uh, go beyond our expectations with 3D platformers. Like 3D platformers tend to do a lot of the same things in terms of hey, we're gonna put you in the theme level. You're gonna either collect a thing or you're gonna get to the end of the level. Even with just the idea of theming, there's a level in Astronaut Rescue Mission where it is like a I think it's like a neon theme park, which is a thing that I didn't really think about before until I started playing this game. And I was like, wow, what a clever theme that really enhances every single uh, portion of what's going on right now. Right. It's like all the lights that are going in virtual reality that makes that like, like not hides my sentence, but senses, but like makes everything feel livelier along with the theme park theme that then allows for cool puzzles and cool uh, design decisions on, on top of that. Right. Like polish wise and puzzle, uh, pu puzzle design wise and game design wise and level design wise, that game kind of, uh, that game hits all those things immaculately. Like it is, exceeds in all those things immaculately. But then also, I think what it does for virtual reality and actually creating an experience that feels unique and that justifies the idea of being in virtual reality, I think it does that super well, right? Like Astrobot Rescue Mission is a game that can only exist in virtual reality in the ways that it it makes you look around and it makes you really be involved with the experience and kind of um, you know have to be be in the level with Astrobot in order to solve his puzzles and in order to actually play this game, right? Like, I, I wouldn't, I would not want to play Astrobot Rescue Mission or any sort of Astrobot game that doesn't take place in virtual reality. Like, that's how good that right. game is at really justifying uh, that experience. Wait, are you, game, I've never yet I've never seen or played, shot. I was just looking at the footage. Yeah. Are you telling me that you are a character as well as Yes, you? Oh, so that's really it's, cool. a, it's a 3D platformer. You're controlling Astrobot, who's like a small robot, and you're going through level by level, uh, it's, Crash Bandicoot style in the way that these levels are linear, and you are playing as like a big old a, a big robot uh, that I forget if the robot actually controls Astrobot. I guess he doesn't, but you you're no, controlling Astrobot. Astrobot. Yeah, lives in the controller, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so like you're basically just following Astrobot and assisting him on his adventure to like find all his friends who are like scattered in the levels and then get his to the spaceship end of each gets level. fucked up at the beginning, yeah, and yeah. all the other Astrobots get spread out, so they're stranded, and you're you have to help Astrobot go get them so, and get pieces. Yeah, of the ship. it's a PSVR exclusive. So for clarity, are you saying it's a ten? next to like you know mario 64 and platformers period or because of what it does in in vr yeah, because if you were both. to tear out the vr right, like somehow, i think it's i think it's it's a it's 10 for like platformer. it's an incredible platformer but it's a it's an incredible platformer because it's in vr also it's not a but if you were to remove the VR, and I know that maybe even yeah, possible, it's not. It's, well, let me phrase it like this: Would it just be a good platformer outright with it's, the puzzle design? You know, the the amount of content, etc. It's not an incredible platformer because it's in VR, like not just for VR. It's an incredible platformer. Period. Like I'll put it in that top tier. Period. I love platformers. And I, play this then. I think it justifies VR. Right? Do you have VR? PSVR. Oh uh, yeah, no, my brother's got it. So gotcha. borrow it. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I put I I would put it up there. Period, like with the greatest platformers, wow. and like, yeah, I'll just say it's a ten out of ten game, Amazing. like in terms of polish, design, all that stuff. What I th always talk to you, and I know it sounds goofy, but like, Astrobot, every one of those levels, and I would say worlds, but then even boil it down to levels, right? Mm. It's it sounds like I'm making a joke, right? But they're artisanal, like it's 
everything is done with purpose. Like, I feel like when you play any platformer, you have a variety of different moves, mechanics, things, right? And so you have that, like, how am I going to do this? You try a bunch of things you don't understand. Astrobot early on in everyone levels gives you a tool for that level. And so you know you're using it there. So suddenly it becomes more about, like, okay, well, I'm grappling hook or I'm using the water gun or whatever. And it is this... I don't know what to do exactly here, but I have all the stuff I, I have to do. So it is looking around. It is figuring it out, right? Like, you're being, you talk about Crash Bandicoot-like, right? Mm -hmm. As you move Astrobot, you are moving forward through the level, uh, leaving stuff behind you, obviously, and you can't go back for it. So it is that thing of going through and seeing, oh, man, there was one of the bots I should have yeah. saved. Okay, cool. I, I heard him. I couldn't see him. That's where it is, and even coming back to be like, wait, how could I, how do I get up there? What do I do? How do I move out? Yeah, and that's like that's part of the thing where I say how how well it justifies VR is when like the fact that they're missable, right? Whenever you hear one of his Astrobot friends like being like, help me, help me up, like in whatever corner, right? You immediately as a player you stop, and then you're like, okay, where is this guy? And you physically have to like look up and down and like around certain things to really kind of figure out how to solve the situation you're in, right? And that in, in that way, it really enhance like. It doesn't feel like a gimmick. Like it feels like a a a true next step, you know. Or it makes it makes VR feel like a true next step yeah. in what it is, right? And it's one of the only VR games that I've played that really I feel like has done that, right? It's like that in Beat Saber, like the two games in VR where I'm like, wow, this is really this can really be like a definitive way to play play video games. Hmm. Tim, so for mine, I want to start with the Mario game. Now here's the thing, Mario is probably the franchise that I know most intimately and critically, where I can like look at all of them and really compare them one for one or whatever. And looking at the list of all of them that have come out, I was trying to decide which ones to me are a 10. Mario 3, Mario World, Mario Galaxy 2. Those are all 10s. Okay. You don't Those think 64. 64 is on my favorite list, absolutely. But I do not think it's a 10. I can't, um, I can't agree with you. Because I, I just <laughs> think that there's not enough variation in boss fights, and there are not enough boss fights and um, there's not every level is as memorable mm -hmm. as the most iconic ones, right? I feel like some of the later levels, like you really start to just be like, all right, these are fine, but they're not 10 out of 10 when so much of the other ones are. You didn't love uh, Rainbow Ride? No, no, I did not. <laughs> I love the idea of it, but I did not love it. Um, but then even Odyssey, I feel like I couldn't give a 10. It's close, but I just feel like it, that game hints too much at the promise of things that we don't fully get, like yeah. the, the dragon, right? Mm -hmm. So freaking cool, and it's over before it even starts, right? I would. There's some very few elements that if they just expanded a little bit more, that would have been. Yeah, a that game should have breathed more uh, in those moments because, yes. like, I remember certain moments in Mario Odyssey, like the New Donk City moment toward the end of that level, and like I mean, even the beginning of New Donk City, and yeah, the dragon, and you know, the be that the beginning parts of the Moon Kingdom, mm -hmm. right? Like. That game ha is full of moments that are there and then they're gone. Yes. And it sucks that they didn't really last longer or, like, breathe more. Yeah. But I decided there's one other Mario game that I give a 10 out of 10 that most people do not give enough love. Mario Tennis. It's Yoshi's Island. Ah. Yeah. Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island is a 10. Yeah. It's not just a good game. It's not just a great game. It's a 10. And I say that because it feels as good as any other Mario game, but it feels completely different than any other Mario game. We know what Mario feels like. We know how he runs, how he jumps, the, the momentum of it all. Yoshi threw that all out the window. It's a different type of game, but Yoshi still feels that good. Mm -hmm. It's just a totally different style. Yeah. It's a lot slower. It's a good pick. A lot more uh, adventure-based, a lot more puzzle-focused of like kind of like making it through the levels. But it's more than just being a good platformer. It 
has such an amazing graphical style that yeah. doesn't just look nice. It, it it backs itself up with its gameplay and it backs itself up with its story. It has enough of a story. It never gets in your way, but you care and you're invested more than just oh, Princess Peach is is taken. You having baby Mario the entire time and you having to take him through the level when you get hit and he flies away. It's like you feel a connection to the characters in in a way that I haven't ever felt in a platformer until Celeste. Where I'm like, oh my god, I actually give a shit about you. You're not just this little thing I'm jumping around with, yeah, yeah. right? Um, and the game paces itself so well in terms of introducing you to new ideas and new concepts of uh, what you what you traditionally know about 2D platformers and level design. But this one kind of like throws everything with a twist, and the boss fights are all fantastic. And they pace them in in the the order that the these boss fights are presented to you. You feel like you're getting better. You feel like you're constantly like growing, and the epicness of this adventure really feels like an adventure. You feel when you end a level and Yoshi like throws Baby Mario to the next Yoshi, like you really feel like you're like kind of like you're helping something out, man. Like this little <laughs> motherfucker that won't shut the fuck up needs to get back to his parents, he needs Luigi, right? But as it grows, the the music changes as you go through the boss fights about halfway through the game like you face a, a really epic piranha plant boss fight and the music it's the same boss theme but like just upped one notch then you like you start getting more and more creative with the boss fights where you're on the moon running around and like it's the inspiration for mario galaxy where like you're actually running around the entire circle and the screen's just spinning but the one moment for me that like just takes it to the next level is the final boss fight barrett i sent you a, a video to ask this i, I want to look at real quick it's the perfect. You didn't tell me we could bring visual aids. I just yeah. decided right now. <laughs> it's the uh, it's the Mr. perfect Fancy culmination Pants. of like why this game is special because it presents you with a, a normal ass boss fight um, that we'll look at in a second where you're just in this room with Baby Bowser and you're kind of just going back and it totally feels like that could be the final fight, but then they up the ante and it's just it's just it's purely epic and they somehow made a game about Yoshi with Baby Mario epic. Mm. Go about you are, no, 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 one no, no, minute into this. So this, is, this is a normal ass boss fight. Sure. It's cool, it's great. Go a bit more. More, 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 more. Yeah. yeah Stop there. This whole bit. With the music, with mm. the way the camera shifts. For the first time in the game, the camera goes behind Yoshi a little bit, and you're throwing. Uh, in the Y axis instead of the X axis. Yoshi doesn't know what to do, see? Scratch his little chin. Like, you fucking Wee kidding me right now? Oh, Look at this it. guy. Yeah. And then the most badass guitar riff yeah. ever heard on Super <laughs> Nintendo. Let's fucking go. That's it. That's all yeah, I want to Let me see. I want to oh, see more. Pretty cool. Well, he, you said he runs on a different axis. Oh, yeah, I see. so look, okay, so yeah, now yeah. he's looking that way, and then, hold on. Barrett show. Oh. He's got to, yeah. like, shoot. So you get these right. eggs, and then you just launch the eggs, in his mouth. and gotcha. you need to get it into gotcha. his mouth. But it's just, like, we always talk about how we hate when video games play one way and then, like, throw some other bullshit at the end. Yeah, yeah. This is a perfect example of how to do it right. Yeah. Where it's, like, this feels so cool and so earned that when you finally beat him and then get Baby Mario saved, you're just like, I fucking did something with my yeah. life. Mm -hmm. 10 out of 10, Yoshi's yeah, out. Yoshi's out. Yoshi's so what was the you, story? This is a prequel, or were they time traveling? Yeah, prequel. Okay. Would you say it's the best <laughs> Mario game? No. Are there are the games that you would put above it also ten out of tens? You mean the other Mario's? The other Mario's that you would say? Yes, Mario three and Mario World are better than this. Okay, and you would say both. But this is your, this is the one you're putting on the list. This is the yeah. one that I'm putting on my list. Yeah, sure. Cool. Can't argue right. with any of that, man. You can't. I know, but I would put Super Mario World on there. 
that I'll was also one put of Mario 64 that, on there. Yeah. Well, you it's need to on save everyone and guess your time. All right, well, you watch your Super Mario World. Yeah, come here. Give there me, it give is. Me right there, there it is. Right there. Everybody. <laughs> That's how you do it. That's how you make uh, you know Agents friendships forever. Here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, Super Mario World was my Mario game because obviously you got to put at least one on here. I mean, you could have a list of Mario's that are. 10 Would you out of put 10. multiple? No, this is the one Mario that always spoke to me the most, and th that's not to say I love Mario sixty four. I loved Galaxy. That was my I, I I was pulling for that for game of the year over uh, Zelda, if you remember. Um, Mario sixty four is the one that touched me. That's the one that made me a Mario fan, and that's you know obviously I was a Sega kid, so like oh, you yeah. know I you know I go to somebody's house with an NES and I play Super Mario Brothers, but it was always like a little bit here, a little bit there. They're warp piping. I don't understand what the fuck's happening. It was Mario World where. You know, I sat in Matt Noel's basement one summer, and this is long after it had been, it had been out a long time, and sat there just, you know, we, we had nothing to do. So I sat there and just played it from the start and to the point that even after I had beaten it multiple times that summer, went home, traded a bunch of shit in, and bought my own SNES, and, Mar and that's all I ever had on it. I had an SNES, and all I ever had was Super Mario World. And I came home and played that, you know what I mean? And I would just listen to Pinkerton over and over again, and I would play that game. <laughs> and, like, that is, like... Such, I mean, it's yeah, it's Mario World. Everybody knows, right? Like why that overworld, that m the music, the getting a cape, flying, like it's the scope. The Mario World, the thing that makes it special, uh, especially compared to three, and coming right after three, which was so fantastic, is that it's so much bigger. It's mm -hmm. there's so many more secrets. There's so much more like different exits to levels. The levels themselves have a verticality that you just don't see in the mm -hmm. previous Mario games. Like, yeah. It was so refined. Diverse. It's like Mario three is incredible, but like this was pretty much like that ultimate 2D refinement on what they'd been doing for many years, right? And they finally got to the point where, like, it just all came together. What Mario games would you say are a 10? Uh, this one was on my list. I actually do have Mario 64 on my list. And I, I understand the perspective about things holding up. That's where, again, I think you get into with my list. I was like, it was more about for it being revolutionary and influential uh, as well as it is still an awesome game. Um, and it is so memorable. Um, would you give 3 a 10? I didn't put it on my list. I would, but I didn't put it on my list, right? Right, if that makes sense to kind of where we're going. Yeah, like you were getting into it. It's like, God, how many Mario games should I put on this list? I mean, your list <laughs> can be like, as many as you want. The answer is three. There's a <laughs> lot of them. <laughs> <It's> three. <laughs> their pedigree on that series, I mean, it is their flagship series, but it is an industry flagship, you know? Like, it's hard. Yeah, that's why when you were talking about Astrobot, I was like, wow, it holds up to all these Mario games? You know, yeah. essentially? I'm like, wow. Like, that is a... <laughs> yeah. That is a lot to, like, live up to. And so, um, that that is my standard for that. So, I frankly, when you said Martin Galaxy 2, I was like, actually, you know what? I need to... I never actually finished Galaxy 2. Galaxy I realized... And Galaxy was also on one of my, like... I have a split list of, like, maybe should I move it up? And, like, Galaxy's on there, of course. It's incredible. The secret level stuff. Oh, my God. So cool. Um, but anyway, Mario 64 is on the list because of it, it, all the things we said before. It's so influential and revolutionary, and I understand why it doesn't hold up, but it's still a 10. Is Mario 1 on nobody's list? No. It's Mario 1's not, not a 10. You don't think so? No. It it's was, revolutionary. It's historic. It's amazing. Because, yeah. like, I put it, like, so Mario 64 and Mario 1 I put in the same category as, like, Fortnite almost, where it is, I feel like right now, right, this, a, a large part of Fortnite is the impact of it and the story of it and how well resonating it is and how much like like go, looking forward 20 years from now we're going to look back and we're going to be like oh yeah Fortnite either it's still going to be a thing or we're going to be like yo remember how big of a thing Fortnite was and I feel like Mario 1 and Mario 64 were both kind of that also I can't really do you think myself. we just take them for granted in that way yeah like yeah. I and I can't put myself in the shoes of when Mario 1 originally came out because I played it later and I was too young. I don't even think I was born yet when Mario 1 came out. But, like, for Mario 64, for sure, like, I think 
you know, uh, we, we're talking about right now the influence of Fortnite, right? It's the Battle Pass. It's the, um, I mean, it's Battle Royale, period. I know it didn't create Battle Royale, but it is making Battle, it's made Battle Royale bigger than it's ever been. Mm. Um, and it's having so much impact. We're seeing other games borrow and take from Fortnite in huge ways, right? Multiplayer in general is taken from Fortnite. Um, Mario 64 did that. Yeah. But see, I think it's hard because at, at, maybe the, it's in the back of our minds here, but it's like they, Super Mario 3 and Super Mario were on the NES and like, yes, the NES as well. Um, and like Mario 3 is like so much better than Mario. Yeah. And so like there's no like hesitation yeah. of, I get where you come from, the influential, but because being on the same platform, but like if I say on the N64, you know, what would you pick that, you know, Mar bested Mario yeah. 64? It's like you might start talking about Banjo-Kazooie and stuff or whatever if that, you're a fan, but there's no other Mario game that you were like, oh, mm -hmm. right. So I think that that, that's exactly why like, Mario but I, 3, I maybe, like Mario but not Mario and Odyssey 1. would be, or even with Galaxy, right? Like, right. you do start to think of it that way. And like, yeah. Same thing. They're like eras, whereas Mario 3 was that era. Yeah. Like, yeah, I would, I actually would put it on the list, but then it, Mario World is just so incredible. I don't know. It was on that bleeding edge. But of, then, like, making like, a I think the, the that then kind of feeds into the conversation of if they made Fortnite 2, which is this Fortnite, and it takes all the features of Fortnite and makes them slightly better. Yeah. Does that but then that's change not what how Mario we... 3 and 1 are? Mario 3 is. Mm -hmm so much better than Mario 1. Well, I agree that, yeah, with that, yeah. And does so much different and, like, takes the... the it doesn't just make it better. It, like, oh, yeah, it's a different game. Yeah. For sure. And it's always, like, Fortnite with what you're describing. It's, like, that yeah. would just Well, I'm more so meaning, like, Mario 64 to, like, Mario Odyssey, mm -hmm. right? That's more so, like, the comparison I'm making is that, like, those games are so similar, but Mario Odyssey is definitely, like, a 28 or 2017 yeah. version of Mario 64. See, I don't know about that. Really? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it learned a lot, and like, there's a lot of seeds that turned into the tree that is Mario Odyssey. But they're they're very, very different games, in, in the sense of like the the, the just the level hubs, right? Like mm -hmm. just the way that they function, the way they work, and like the moons being as plentiful as they yeah. are. But I think I think these are all results of how far we've come in video games. Period. Right? Like if Mario Odyssey came out in 1996, it would just be Mario 64 in a way where if Fortnite 2 comes out, say. Uh, in a few a few years from now, and slightly improves because technology has gotten better, or they have learned from the lessons of Fortnite One. Then, in thirty years, we look back and we're like, "Oh man, Fortnite versus Fortnite Two, which one is better?" Well, obviously, Fortnite Two is the better game, but is Fortnite the ten out of ten in, in the situation? Looking back, because Fortnite was the one that really originally established. And I know I'm going down a rabbit hole. No, right? I see what you're saying. <laughs> I, I do think the difference that maybe Tim was getting at was like Mar Super Mario. I mean, it is. It's incredible, incredibly influential as well. But it wasn't really feature complete. Kind of in a yeah. way, like it, it was great. There's a lot of like, bullshit. In the first one. it yeah, ended yeah. pretty quickly. The they puzzle, had some the ideas, castle puzzles of having yeah. to understand Where, like what level to go on of up yeah. down middle. Those those are bad. Mm. It was it was all right, but I mean Mario three, the jump there was just incredible. But like, with For Fortnite, sure. it is feature complete in so many ways and so evolved. So I mean, I know what you're saying. Yeah, nobody would fault you if you said Mario's. You know, on yeah. Your I mean, list. Mario's like, not even on, on my I, list. I, I would I would ask you why. You know. Well, you'd have if you put Mario on there. Well, you got to put on Mario three. So yeah, in well, my opinion, you can't like say, well, it's Super Mario, and then it's not three. So meaning, yeah, if you put like both Mario on that, Mario three is on my list. Mario sixty four is on my list, and the Mario Odyssey actually is on my list. So like, you didn't yeah. put Mario Super Mario on your list. No, I didn't put Super Mario I'm on, just on my here list. Just defending it though. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm, I was more so curious. You the talk reason. about things. Yeah. Let's give give me a, give me a game on your list. Uh, let me see here. Let me see here. Let me see here. I am going to put out Shadow of the Colossus. Hmm. I think Shadow of the Colossus. And we talking about with those climbing controls. Would you say I, a remake or original? Say both. I, I might. I actually I might say original, because like, really? Yeah. Like I think. 
Yeah, I'll say original because I think for me, Shadow Colossus one I first played on the original and it hit me on that original in that original uh, game. When I re when I played the remake, it actually kind of made me ap appreciate the game slightly less. Hmm. Um, you know, one because like I so I'm not necessarily in uh, in the team of the controls are terrible in Shadow Colossus. I think like the controls are are particular. Particular for that and game, like right? they're they're ah. purposeful, right? Yeah. Like they're you're meant to struggle with the controls a bit because the whole game is about struggling to it's hold on. It's just like in big Lair, guns. how the the dragon <laughs> wasn't supposed to be responsive because he's a dragon. Yeah, right? and, I, and controls in Shadow Colossus PS4 are not bad at all. There, I mean, I I mean, I think like Last Guardian's they're still a struggle. Shadow Colossus isn't. And I'm all, I mean, I'm also team like Last Guardian controls not that bad. Right, like I, I think both. I think those games serve the purpose that they're trying to like. They they achieve the thing that they're trying to achieve, which is hey, let's make these, let's make the player struggle a little bit to kind of do what they're kind of doing because the whole thing is like struggling to holding hold on. It's that whole like fight and struggle to like be on stay on this colossus. Uh, but for me, Shadow Colossus is a ten because I think for me that was the. Probably the first game I played where I was like, "Oh shoot!" Like video games are art. <laughs> like this is like this is like this is like a work of art right here, right? From the visual design being so unique and beautiful to how well they establish uh, scale and like the 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 size of the colossi, and the even the PS4 version does this too, which is the thing that surprised me is that like I thought, like part of me thought that the PS the game being on PS2 is the thing that made this impressive, but yeah, even the PS4 version, I was like, "Shoot, these things are big and they these things like are." awesome right like they look cool uh it, it feels crazy fighting this huge thing um so they know that but then also you have like that the feeling of accomplishment that you get when you take one down and you feel like you just conquered like this huge mountain um i think gameplay gameplay wise it's simple clean achieves what it achieves what it's doing but also drives home the message <clears throat> message of the game of like of i guess climbing that hill in in completing this like this task that seems bigger than you uh but then also like you look at soundtrack you look at visuals you look at all the the different presentation elements and it, it knocks those things out of the park yeah and so my next one i'm gonna go metal gear solid one four four ah. metal wow. gear solid four is a 10 out of 10 it does everything that it was trying to do perfectly to me and that means story, that means gameplay, that means emotional connection to me as somebody that played through the franchise. They pay so much love and attention to making sure that it, it is more than just a video game. It is an experience and it is a love letter to the experience that I've had with the previous games. In addition to making the game feel more modern, making it actually feel like a playable uh, you know, third-person shooter in a way that MGS 1, 2, and 3 just don't hold up to modern sensibilities of gameplay, whereas you play 4, it's a shooter, you know? And I feel like the set pieces in that game, for it really, to me, was the first game that felt truly next-gen, and uh, which was, you know, last-gen at this yeah. point. But I feel like, to this day, it still has that sense of impressive, like, technical achievements of making boss fights seem more epic than they necessarily are. Like, the, the use of gameplay mixed with Ko Kojima storytelling of you're in a boss fight and there's a cutscene happening at the same time, the emotion of the microwave scene and, ah. like, all, like, all of that yeah. stuff. But and in, a, in addition to going back to uh, Shadow, Shadow Moses, Moses and, come on. And all that, it's just, like, it is such a great culmination of amazing moments that, do, that don't feel like a greatest hits album. They feel like their own thing. And it's backed up by great gameplay. 
Greg Miller. Yeah. What Metal Gear Solid would you say a 10? I would have said Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker, of course. I think mm. Metal Gear Solid. Is that the Sorry. only one that you would say is a 10? Um, that's the only one I put on my list, yeah. You know, I think, you know, Metal Gear Solid 5 has the best gameplay of the series, but the weakest story. Yeah. Uh, four, there's a lot going on in there, and it's the same argument I always had with uh, 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 the top 25s at IGN, right? Of like, when it would be like, oh, the top 10 PS3 games, right? And I, I, we wouldn't put uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 on it. And I was always like, for me, the way I interpret this is like, these are the games I would recommend out the gate. I know we've talked about this before, yeah. where I was like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend that because I think you need more. You need to play other Metal Gears. It wouldn't be on my blanket list. But you have those things. Yeah. So to you, would you not say it's well, a 10? Well, I went to IGN while you were talking to look at the review with Jeff Haynes. Who, I was like, I think Jeff gave this a 10. And he uh-huh. did, yeah. And it was also, I remember being second opinion on it and being like, what? <laughs> everything Jeff said. And it's, <laughs> like, luckily, with IGN's new review format, they threw that away. <laughs> they don't have that anymore. Uh, but I mean... I rev- I, it's so hard now, because we're not. Uh, in the moment, I remember being like, "Yes, this is a ten out of 10. I mean, in the moment of like what we're talking about, I remember being like, "Holy shit, they did this!" this is what you're saying, right? They stuck the landing. They did of, like, it. Yeah. it was how the fuck are you going to do one game that ties up this entire series, right? And they did. For, and I mean, there's a lot in there. Yeah. It's a j- big old juicy burger with toppings falling off the side, but you're <laughs> yep. there. You get it yep. done, right? I think. It, so it, do. I guess I, it's a weird question where I think Greg Miller in the shit playing the game alongside Jeff and reviewing it with Jeff was like, yeah, I, I totally signed off on this in a 10. And I think I, I said it. I think it was a 10, even though I don't recall it 100%. But, I, but it, now I wouldn't think of that as a 10 in terms of Metal Gear. But again, I think it's just because I'm thinking of hindsight 2020, what this series is, what it became, mm-hmm. what stands out to me about those games, right? Or about that game in particular. And I think for me, you know, Peace Walker is just the one that did what I wanted out of Metal Gears that I think Metal Gear had lost over time, which was here's a straight and narrow story of what's going on. I was talking about that, right? Of like, if you've never played a Metal Gear, you can pick that up. You can go in. You understand that you are this guy. You, you know, you're 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 the big boss. Right? You're big boss. You have this team of mercenaries that you work with or whatever. These people show up. You don't want to help them, but they have a tape recorder that has the voice of your mentor boss on it, and you know that you killed that person. Of course, you're going to go on this mission, right? And then to watch it all unravel from there and you know the layers of the onion and it gets obviously into the super super metal geary territory and melodrama and everything else but i love that story i you know just replaying it uh this year on uh, uh ps i love you xoxo going back and getting to watch those cutscenes, like i think even with metal gear solid 5 playing that game the gameplay being so amazing and being like oh yeah Kiefer Sutherland what a weird choice you know what i mean i miss david hater but like okay this is what going back and playing peace walker it's like fuck fuck is it a blow to this franchise that Hater didn't get to do Metal Gear Solid Five, right? He is so good, and he is so snake, and he is so boss. And, like, watching those cutscenes, interacting with those cutscenes, again, it's a 10 out of 10 to me. And I think, to this point, it's a 10 out of 10 of what I would want from a Metal Gear on PSP. And, like, that is such a huge part of it, of... I remember playing that game at the review event for two straight days and then playing it nonstop on Muni and playing it at bars with Mike Pereira and Caleb Lawson <laughs> and playing it when I was on a BART going somewhere. I mean, like... If you wanted to have the headphones on, let's get lost in the story, see these beautiful cutscenes, great. If you just wanted to recruit off the Wi-Fi as you were going, it was there and you could do that. The you know mini games that people, even if they don't think they know Peace Walker, know from Metal Gear Solid Five of, man, I need the 
what the mess hall team to be better on mother base so i need to go out and recruit somebody who's an s rank at food and like you're trying to look at your goggles to find that person to do that the micromanagement of that versus the outer ops of being able to build your team and send them out with the metal gear you're building which i remember flipping out about that i was gonna have my own metal gear and you design with ai and do all these different things for it versus just the you know i want to go play and i want to go be the stealthiest big boss i can like that was all awesome. Like that is, I think the that is the Metal Gear that gets it for me personally, the most right in terms of story, gameplay, replayability, being on a portable system. Like it just everything. It's uh, similar to Fortnite, right? Everything it sets out to do, I think it accomplishes with an S rank. Fran, before you give your next game, I want to tell you about our sponsors. Ladies and gentlemen, this episode of the Kind of Funny Games cast is brought to you by Spotify's The Besties. Here's the deal. It's one of Andy's favorite podcasts of all time. You're familiar with the cast. You know what's up already. Justin and Griffin McElroy are joined by Russ Frustick and Chris Plant. They go deep on a single video game every single week. It's, you know. You like video games, you like podcasts. I know you do because you listen to our show. You're going to love this one. They're really smart, they're really funny, and they love video games. You can get the show exclusively on Spotify. It's free over there. Why would you not listen to it? Spotify has all your favorite podcasts, including ours as well. But check out The Besties. Like I said, it's one of Andy Cortez's favorite podcasts of all time. He's been listening to them for years. Uh, they do end-of-the-year wrap-ups where they like look back and like talk about game-of-the-year stuff, but they do it really, really, really well. Um, you should listen to The Besties free only on Spotify. You can find them on Spotify, which also has all your favorite podcasts. Like I've been saying, Spotify, the best place to listen to podcasts, man. It's been, it's been fantastic. It's where Andy listens to his podcast. Andy's a little cute little podcast boy. You know what I mean? I can always find him listening to the besties on Spotify. You should do it, too. Be cool like Andy. What's next, Fran? Yeah, I was struggling going between the past, the future. Well, no, we're not going to the future with this. But <laughs> <laughs> my other 10 out of 10, God of War 2. <laughs> 2021. Perfect segue, Greg, because I want to put God of War out there. We all have it on our list, I'm sure. It's Does anyone not have it Which on our one? list? God of War on PlayStation 4. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's on my list. That's sure. on my list. Anyone not have it? Of my favorite game of all time. Uh, that I would be upset and shocked by. So I'm glad that I is read the room right. Is it perfect? God of War 2018 is a perfect video game. Yeah. Uh, boom. Look at him, man. He so liberal with his use of perfect. Hey, if why, <laughs> why do we have the fucking word if we never use it? <laughs> right? You can use it. Like perfect hair or. We're perfect, perfect drink, perfect shirt, whatever. <laughs> anyway, God of War, uh, God, it just blew my mind, and it still does. And, and it's what you were getting at before. There's all this criteria. Is it art? Yes. Is it an amazing story? Yes. Is the gameplay incredible? Yes. Are the mechanics tight and flawless? Yes. Does it have depth to it? Yes. Does like, it do something new? The camera. Does it do single all, Yeah, it's camera. a single camera. Wow. Even does if it, it didn't well have that. Yeah. But, but, but all those do. things. That's it has, it has everything. And it has... The depth in particular, it already was an incredible game. You know, I look back on games like Uncharted 2, right, which I think set the stage in a way for the cinematic nature of something like what God of War be became, right, and decided to become. And it Uncharted really is, 2, 10. Oh, yeah, a lot of what PlayStation stands for. Yeah, it is on my list. But God of War is so much more than that, but it learned how to be up close and do those things. But meaning if you look back, and I don't... Would you use the word perfect for Uncharted 2? No. No, you wouldn't because it you'd, you'd go to jump and you'd be like, crap, I guess I'm not supposed to jump that way, but it looks amazing. Dude, I'm supposed to jump my, this way. My favorite Uncharted <laughs> yeah. animation of all time is what? Yeah. The, oh, my <laughs> God. Like, oh, everybody. No, 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 no. Fuck, where do you want me to climb? No, no, God damn it, Druckmann. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, it, it still just blows my mind with how tight it is, but the, the depth in particular, I did not expect on top of 
you know, I, I brought, sorry, I originally brought up Uncharted 2 because like it is an amazing story and the, the exploration, shooting's not bad, you know, but really it's the exploration and, and, uh, and puzzle design and story where um, the depth, I would say, I mean, he didn't have some skill tree that you dove into and, and God of War just has it all. But when I got into God of War and I questioned every step where I'm like, no, this is probably all you're going to get. And you're like, what? You get this and this and this? It's crazy to me still how good that game is. Yeah. And it's another game that, yeah, like when I was done with the story, I just couldn't stop playing. I had to see it all, all the do stuff it all. you do, we want to get. The right? amount of times I'd be in that boat and listen to the stories rather than yeah. get off God. it, right? Like, so cool. To your point even, I remember when they cut us off for the preview event, right, which is uh, when you walk over with the wounded boar or whatever. They were like hard cut. They all walked around and stopped us. And it was like such a weird spot to stop. And I'm like, all right, cool. And then when you get that, right after that ride is when it goes open world. And you're like, holy shit, fuck. Like, this yeah. game is that? Yeah, that oh my God. exactly. It, what a fucking video yeah. it, game, yeah. man. It opened as well with, like, what I always want to see in games like this, which is just, like, amazing, badass, like, boss fight. And, like, let's just get into it. I, I love games that sort of teach you, and it takes 15 hours to, you know, learn. But at the same time, like, I'll just get into it. And this game did it in a way that it was both intuitive and incredible. But to Greg's point, it was like, I thought that was the game for a while, right? And we saw some demos at E3, yeah. and then all of a sudden, it's like, wait, it's got this huge open world, too? Like Going out, crafting armor, doing these different things, on, augmenting yeah. the stats, the, the, you know, the, from little oh, the soundtrack go as find well. ravens to go fight mm. Valkyries to go, you know what I mean? Everything's got lore attached to it that I wanted to read and I wanted to understand. It has that similar sense of scale that I was kind of talking about with Shadow Colossus that, like, you might get from an Uncharted game also where you you, you approach, like, a giant structure and you look up and you're like dang this thing is huge right and then yeah. you know by the end of that level you're like on top of it right it has those moments too that yeah. I, think is, I think is awesome and i think it has what i feel like a lot of 10 out of 10s 10 games have that we don't necessarily touch on because it's, it's hard to really put your finger on it but it has heart right like when i think of 10 out of 10, out of 10 games for me i think of you know games like last of us or games like i keep bringing up undertale but undertale like really is a 10 out of 10 game for me and that's because like that game has heart more so than a lot of other games god of war i feel like has heart Right in the ways in the way that it it, it uh, tells its story and the way that it's, it's, its story is personal, but then also like we talk about the close up camera with what that adds. Right, they weren't afraid to really you know get in there and get in there nice and tight. Yeah, get like, get in there and really like you know get real and get personal and have like a subtle touch in terms of how we're going to present what's going on in the situation given what God of War is like it you know historically being a, a big action. I'm gonna I'm gonna bang these. I don't know if they're humans. Actually, now I think about it. No, they're humans <laughs> in God of War One. Oh, I know. God of War One. Yeah, He's talking about the sexy. Like, like, yeah, the sex. Oh, uh, sex people. Are they okay. goddesses or what? For some reason, in my head, no, there no, there were people. There were, they were people. serpents at first, and I was like, no way. Actually, that that ain't right. That ain't canon. I'm gonna kill. I'm gonna bang. I'm gonna do all that stuff. That's that's what God of War kind of comes from, and then like it, yeah, it had that pivot, and that pivot, you know, had a lot of heart to it. and I appreciate that. And they they just pull everything off in that game, right? Yep. And I, I mean, yeah. minor spoilers, I guess. We forgot to work, and we spoil. And actually, a major spoiler if I spoil it, I guess. Yeah, don't sp I don't spoil you. it. The spoilers, ten out of ten. Like the moment where he's like, "I know of such a thing," and he goes off. Like I remember oh, yeah. being so outrageously hyped for that moment, and I did not like God of War or Kratos leading to this game. That's it. They did. What they did such a storytelling job that I was like, I am so in with him being a father, and uh, so in on his journey with Atreus that like this thing I know is about to be fucking insane. Insane. Bless. Miller Solid Three and Five. Those are both, five. yeah. Those are both ten out of tens for me. Can uh, you? What's your argument for 
five being a ten out of ten, even though the story is what it is. Because it's, it's an achievement in gameplay. Like, and I, for me, I don't think like I, I think that comes into like the perfect perfection conversation of like, does a game need to be perfect to be a ten out of ten? Is there such thing as a perfect game? I'm not really. I don't think there's a such so. thing as a perfect game. Um, <laughs> and so I feel like I feel like all elements of a game don't have to be, you know, magnificent in order to achieve a 10 out of 10 as long as like it's doing something or it's doing a certain amount of things in a way that is exceptional right and i think the gameplay of metal gear solid 5 is exceptional right it's the it's the best stealth game i've ever played like i can easily say that uh the the systems the mechanics they give they give you right like i'm a big systems person i love when Mm -hmm. games are like okay yeah the when the weather when the weather is rainy that means that you have to approach a situation like this right when there's a dust storm that means you have to approach a situation like this right and we talked about this on our segment on PS Love You where we're talking about games of the year for different years right and I think both of ours for 2015 spoilers for PS Love You was Metal Gear Solid uh, 5 right and like I mentioned like oh yeah you if you keep headshotting uh, dudes right they'll they'll start wearing helmets later on in missions (laughs) right the game kind of sees what you're doing and then it, then it then counters what you're doing later on and it reacts to you because it's trying to encourage you to, to get out of your comfort zone because they have so many systems available for you that you don't have to keep doing the same thing over and over again like the game really wants you to think and really wants you to execute and really wants you to play along in this world and really get a feel for what's going on and i think the ways in which it does that is better than i'm gonna say better than like 99 percent of games that have tried doing that now that now that i played legend of zelda breath of the wild which does a similar thing in terms of physics and how to approach situations and give you options to do things i think both those games kind of do them pretty equally well um but those are like those are the top tier games in terms of that in terms of immersing you into this world and letting you play around and really choose how you play and so metal gear solid 5 for me is a 10 out of 10 uh, because of how well it does that and i think the story that like the story of course is like missing chapter three but i don't don't think the story is like terrible like i like i like a lot of the moments in the stories like we kind of talk about in mother base and like how there are certain there are certain elements of the story that kind of feed back into how you have to solve an issue and you're like oh, okay cool like the themes of this game are language because the the character like the <clears throat> the um villain has like this motivation okay how does that feed back into how i solve this issue going up going on in mother base <clears throat> the, some of the quiet stuff was like this is also if we talk about PSLV, but some of the quiet stuff was kind of boggled but still like i liked some moments with quiet i liked um some of the some of the villain characters i liked uh some of the, some of the chapter two stuff in terms of how how that stuff kind of affects mother base i don't want to spoil anything but yeah I, that's the toughest thing about it right i feel yeah. like this story gets bagged on because we know there's supposed to be more and the, and it's so it's left incomplete right and then it's on top of the fact that i don't and maybe i'm speaking out of turn and just somebody paid attention <coughs> too close but i don't think i am like we just knew where this was going I, I, like yeah. there was enough like scuttlebutt in not not even rumors people talking about it like oh i think this means that and like that how could this happen and so like from the jump of trailers where like when you get to the reveal at the end, you're like, this wasn't this. No, we yeah. knew this is gonna happen. Like Death Stranding, like right. I think was such me sitting there playing it and literally in that final cutscene at like three in the morning or whatever, being like, I need to know what the fuck is going on. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know what is happening right now in this game and watching it and being hanging on the words and waiting for the reveals. Whereas like Metal Gear was so great, gameplay ten out of ten for sure. Yeah, for five, right? sure. You know what I mean? Ten out of ten. Yeah, and that's the thing of like playing Peace Walker contemporary now, and like obviously now on a system and not on a PSP or whatever. Like you see the inspirations of what five became, but then just see it fleshed out yeah. to feel so real. We always talk about that, right? Of like 
you know, just rolling on the ground or whatever. And Metal Gear Solid Five is so good. Yeah, so being able to like play I love music, rolling on the ground. Right, you like have the even the collectibles are awesome. Right, you collect yeah. different songs. Have like, your have uh, when Pequod comes in, have him playing like something from the eighties or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I had where the kids in uh, where the kids yeah. in America. Yeah, I had that playing every time. It was awesome. So my next one, I'm gonna go uh, semi Fran route with the Tetris Ooh. thing, but Ooh. but it, but, it, but it's weird. This is, it's a weird one. Mm. Guitar Hero Three. Oh, okay. Now, I'm gonna say specifically sure. three because I just feel the track list is best representative of what that game accomplishes, which is making you feel like a fucking badass. Uh, I feel like there's a very nice kind of uh, selection of songs that are good for people that have played the previous ones, good for people that haven't played before. But you get all the way up to the through the through the fire and flames, and it is yeah. the perfect game where it's like. This is an arcade game done right, where you want to just one more song, just one more song, just one more song. Four hours later, you're tr still trying to get a better score on the same song that you've been playing for hours on end, right? Yeah. And I think the Guitar Hero 3 came with the best controller, the best guitar controller that made you feel perfect. You really felt like you were in control. You really felt that like was you the first wireless one, right? That was the wireless one, and it was the one made by NeverSoft. And it was also the one that perfected the guitar battles. And it had it had battles. The the like single player elements were a bit more uh, fleshed out as much as they needed to be. I feel like once Rock Band started happening, which was like right around this point, the skill of Guitar Hero went away and it became just more of a, a party game, which is fantastic. Yeah. But I think that for what Guitar Hero was trying to do, which is be a skill based, fun arcade experience, but also make you feel like a badass, and it just does it perfectly. Yeah, this is the one I never cool pick. Yeah, put a lot that. of time into because to your point, I remember this was the wireless guitar and we liked it so much more than the Rock Band guitar that we all bought Rock Band and this and just used this guitar exactly. on Rock Band. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because this guitar was made after the learnings of totally. the, the last oh, couple yeah, totally. where it's like this is made for people that are going to do through the fire and flames. And exactly. if we're going to put songs like that in this game, it needs to be able to hold up. And, and that's and, exactly oh. what you, you hit the, hell, the nail on the head with, right? Is like this is the the end of them being that arcade we're going to push you thing because like the, even liking Guitar Hero 2 as much as I did I was never good enough at Guitar Hero 2 and so when we when Rock Band dropped Rock Band was such a party game for all yeah. of us at IGN where it was you know we would stop working and just yeah. go in the demo room yeah. and play for hours Greg yeah oh my next pick yeah what to choose from I'm, I'm going to put one out there yeah because I and there's a lot of, and this is probably we're just going to say WWF No Mercy N64. What a go, Pete. All right. You know what I'm talking about? That is a 10 out of 10 wrestling game. Wrestling games do not get better than that. Can I and say, if you want to. Yeah. I had a dream last night that I was playing a wrestling game. Uh, and like I was in the creation suite and whatever, and I was like having I was back in the good old days of wrestling dude. games when they were good. Yeah, right. And that's the thing I miss is those like. Days. Me too, dude. And. You know, you could obviously. I think it's similar to what we're talking about with Mario games and everything else. WWF No Mercy is the ultimate because it's the learnings of WrestleMania 2000, WCW versus NWO yeah. Revenge. You know, uh, WCW before that. Like it, it is that AKI. We're making these on N64 games that continue to up the ante. And the reason it's so great is because it is so simple yet complex you know it's what you're yes. talking about of character mm -hmm. creations once we get out of this you start moving into you know the smackdown right and what that becomes over on playstation and the issue there is as we got more and more simmy with everything we got more and more photorealistic it became harder and harder and harder to make characters you believed in you cared about like you're making all your friends or whatever and it's suddenly like well, that's not my nose that's not this thing the no mercy stuff right like it's i remember having such limited options 
but they were limited. So when you tweaked them the right way and made it look enough like your friends, people would walk in and be like, oh my God, that's perfect. Yeah. That is, like, and I'm doing this, you know, very specifically off of when we were backyard wrestling. Yeah. Like making everyone's <laughs> costumes in it. And uh, even though I had one of the No Mercy carts from the original run that actually ate your save progress and were a huge problem, uh, the unlockables in there, the store, uh, you know, the. Uh, easy to pick up, difficult to master gameplay of strong grapple, weak grapple, strong strike, you yeah. know, things. Flick your stick for your special move, go in and do it. Like, it was that thing that anybody, even if you had never watched wrestling, could pick up and understand. And nowadays, I feel like if Blessing and I sat down to play uh, WWE 2K, 2K20, 2K20, not only would it still, probably still be broken as fuck, we would sit there and be like, wait, how do you get out of the, what do you do? I don't, oh, yeah. God, you know what I mean? Like, it is an abomination and an insult to humanity that they are not making <laughs> games like this anymore. And not even if it's just the offshoot. Give it to a small team. Give them a roster of twelve wrestlers. Watch this sell way better than all the other wrestling games. Yeah, man. It's I didn't expect you to bring that up, but I that was one of my most beloved games of that era. And I used to come home from like school. Or actually, no, sorry. Took breaks during lunch because my high school was right behind my house. Yeah, and yeah. Like my friends and I would come back, like make a sandwich while like playing this mm -hmm. game, like totally. just to get a few rounds in. But totally. then we we were just like drooling over getting a few matches in. But oh, yeah. To, to what you were getting at, yeah, that, what I remember specifically, yeah, is it was the first wrestling game that felt real. And it did it through some simplicity, but like just when you threw someone toward the ropes and you had the option to do the next move, and it just all clicked. And no games really did it, but not in 3D environment either, you know. Like there was 2D wrestling games. I mean, that's why that fun, that's but. why the AKI and N64 wrestling games broke out. Yeah. And it was that thing, it was, you know, Perfect storm kind of shit, right? Because it was N64, the party machine, right? Yeah. Or the fun machine, the fun machine. And it was, hey, wrestling suddenly, like, for teenagers. It wasn't for kids anymore. It was this, like, they're showing breasts and they're cursing yeah, yeah, and they're yeah, flicking yeah. each other off. Like, so I remember in high school when I first got the to attitude. high school, people being so into revenge because it was like, hey, are you paying attention to this or that? I'm like, do you care about wrestling? And like, not really, but the games are fun. And like, yeah. I remember for when I was in uh, the plays, we I would bring the N64 there during like the all day rehearsals and whatever. And we would go to the <laughs> Spartan Theater or whatever, the place with a projector, and we would switch off between this oh, and Goldeneye. And it was yes. just playing it nonstop. And it was these people oh, walking yeah. in who didn't know how to do it and they'd want to play. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know that I would give it a 10 but man i, I why see you? why you did yeah why wouldn't you think i i think it was just how i did my list like i wouldn't if i looked back in wrestling games and in a lot of the th ways we've talked about them if i'm just looking at wrestling then i'd be like yeah like i'd throw that on there yeah um like I said in the beginning, I can't define. I mean, outside exactly of like I said, my the the first run of cartridges <laughs> being defective, <laughs> like it's. I mean, it's just perfect. Like, and it had ladder matches, and it had blood, and it had this, and it had the story, and it had creation, and it had unlockable outfits, and it had all these like crazy ass things. And I remember playing these games, and it now. And I will be honest that my memory with WrestleMania 2000 and this run together, because we're yeah. just on a year of the schedule, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. it's like, but I remember like so distinctively playing these things i wish i had a clock on these things of how much i had played yeah. and i distinctly remember this match where i was playing as triple h against cactus jack and like i i pedigreed him through the table and his head busted open just at the right time and it was just like this is so fucking perfect Brand. it was incredible uh yeah in the interest of time because there's like a lot of games i know we still have time but well what i, I want to do we'll we'll do this and yeah. then we'll do one more round exactly okay. okay and that's what i figured like there's there's still a lot that i throw out there but i gotta get metroid prime out there like it you know super metroid is on my list of course and i would want to talk about super metroid a lot the thing i always bring up is similar to how games sort of do these amazing little things sometimes in super metroid there's that like 
bird that runs by you, you know, that runs by really fast and uh, jumps up a giant, you know, um, uh, hole. And you're yeah. like, wait, like, oh, I can do that? <laughs> and you learn how to super jump from, like, this bird and you could do it. Anyway, incredible moment. Super Metroid's amazing. But when Metroid Prime hit, there was so much skeptic skepticism and all the above, but man, just what an amazing, stellar experience. I feel like back then it was the moment that we had with God of War almost, where it was it, like, absolutely, holy cow, it runs at 60 frames. It, back then, you know, sports 480p, but it is pretty flawless with how it ran. I mean, it did have a few hitches here and there, but um, what an unbelievable game. Like, you were Samus the Bounty Hunter. And it never felt more real. And um, the pacing of that game is something that I always bring up as well. Is like just the way that it starts you and you, which Metroid again is kind of famous for, as well as Zelda does sometimes too. But it's like you start with a bunch of stuff and then all of a sudden you're stripped of it. But you exit that space station and man, what a rush. The beginning of the game is. And then you've got nothing and it's derelict and it's scary and you're just scanning for stuff and, and you slowly piece your your suit back together and get these powers and then man when you find out about the spider ball holy yeah. crap and all the puzzles that come with that and um it just it blew my mind back then same it, way that God I, of War it's did very today. similar to god of war in the sense that it just nails every single element that it goes for it has you know the the story it has the character it has the the music the environment yeah, like, so cool the boss fights are phenomenal yeah. the puzzles are are interesting and fun and clever yeah and it does just have those things that you're like oh i've never seen this in video games before Seeing the the steam on the visor, yeah, seeing the reflection, the little on the visor. effects. It's these little things that just make this what two thousand two game, yeah, still stand up as special. You know, it's like, and I think that we're going to look back at God of War in a similar way in the future, yeah, as we do to Metroid Prime. Mm -hmm. Bless. All right, so I'm stuck between two. Do I go the more obvious one, or do I go the let's one? Let's get weird. Let's get weird. <laughs> Burnout Three Takedown. Oh, I, I think that game's that's 10 awesome. Out of 10. Yeah, I think that game. When we talk about like excellence and gameplay, like that game has it. When we talk about like, I had that. like, oh, did you have Burnout Three Takedown? I didn't write it down, but it was on my list of like, yeah. I was about to add it, and I was like, I'll remember. It's just so <laughs> good, and every single thing it tries to do, right? Like whether whether you want to talk about the races, which feel like you're going faster than any other racing game you ever played, right? You have that. You have the combat elements. You have the takedowns, right? You have Road Rage, which you know I think is such a fun, well done. Uh, feature in a racing game, right? Where you can take out your other opponents by crashing into them and then knocking them into other, other yeah. cars or knocking them into a wall and making them crash. Yeah. Like, I, all, all the mechanics associated with crashing in that game, I think, are super well done. Yeah, I'm, like, a massive fan of the Burnout series, and I just realized, like, almost in a way, that Mario 3 is to Burnout 3 takedown as, you know, Burnout is to Mario. Like, mm. they, the way that the game evolved, never mind 2, of course, because Super Mario 2, but, like, Three just it yeah it did everything that it yeah. was setting out to do. It ran flawlessly. It had the speed, but the what they did with the crash system and takedowns yeah. and how they perfected it really like and it became addictive mode. in a way. People were like just addicted to getting in crashes. Yeah, because like, it's such a it's it, it's one of those features that right it appeals to us because we love violence and we love destruction right like <laughs> yeah that it appeals to us on that very basic level. But then also right like they use it as a really good gameplay mechanic of like oh yeah take down your opponents and when you get takedowns you then build your you build a multiplier to your boost right you then also like uh if you crash you can crash into your opponent yeah with you're, your if you're, takedown if you're you in know, single player like, right and you crash you press r1 and you slow motion do the after after touch yeah and you can yeah steer, your, steer yourself into other players then on top of that right there's crash mode which is a mode built 
build upon, cause as much destruction as possible, and rank up your score. Yeah, and try to they, make the biggest crash. I, I was lucky enough to be able to be previewing that game and knowing the creators really well at the time. And I just remember even seeing a preview. I was like, oh my god, like could not wait. And they delivered on everything they said, but it was, yeah, it almost felt revolutionary at the time. I mean, I know. Yeah. I know, like, it, it's it, one of those things where I, like, I want to say it's revolutionary, even though I don't know how many games took influence from it, but still. It's weird because, like, it added crashing to racing, but you you got to remember, the racing alone was awesome arcade racing, and it just felt so yes. fast and so good. There were a lot of racing games, like Gran Turismo and Need for Speed, and but they all had their own angle, but Burnout just felt yeah. so viciously fast. It, it was, it that was its, its strength. It's nailed its game, it nailed its gameplay, and it also nailed its personality. Yeah. Like, within the, with the soundtrack and with DJ... Crap, which DJ was it? Was it DJ Striker? Oh, I forget. It's a name like that. I yeah. forget about There's that. There's like a billion DJs from that era. Yeah. But DJ Atomica? That's a good Or was that SSX? I don't think it. That or sounds SSX. like SSX. It's a DJ. Anyway, it's a DJ. Takedown. It's Holy a crap. DJ. Great, great pick. Thanks. I would say that both Portal and Portal 2 are 10 out of 10. Yeah. Thank you. That's one of the ones I was looking at. But if I had to pick one here, I'm just going to go Portal. Oh, okay. Now, Simple Portal. Put two on my would list, you not but... say Orange Box? You could. I, yeah, I, like There's that's this... like uh, Mario All Stars Plus World is, yeah. the, is the number one <laughs> game of all yeah. time. Like, it is what it is. Um, but I think that Portal One is just such a perfect experience, enhanced mostly by its brevity. It doesn't last long enough to have anything bad about it. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Every yeah. single room builds on the last, introduces something cool. It was a gameplay experience unlike anything we've ever experienced before, and the end. Like it's just like whoa, there's a twist. You didn't you didn't need to go and do that shit. You know and what I mean? And it's the most impossible if you didn't live in that moment to even try to make you understand that like what it was that like when people finished that game and it was the cake is a lie and the song and Glados. You were like, like I I remember having not had it spoiled, but like I remember talking to Damon. He's like, you got to play this this weekend. You got to do this thing. Like it's and like sitting down and like usually when that kind of shit happens like ah it's not gonna live up to expectations and being so blown away by that game yeah and that's the thing of like i remember it being such a thing of oh it's super short and that being like a knock against it at the time because yeah. we weren't used to that right we weren't used to like downloadable games that were that short or can a game be that be under two hours or whatever and still be a thing yeah. and on top of that just the concept of it like they created something that is the fucking dopest shit i've ever heard you know what I mean? Like these portals, like it's just so simple now. You think, like, oh yeah, portal. They redefine, like, yeah, that is it, a pop culture thing yeah. that this game introduced. Yeah. I'm with you. Portal, the first one, like, I remember being on YouTube and, like, I, I, I don't, I didn't, I didn't own the game until later on on PC, but I remember, like, watching Let's Play videos and people being all about Portal and, I, and me wanting to know, like, okay, what's the deal, right? And, like, seeing the concept of it, I was, I, I was already in. But then, like, following along to the end and, like, the conspiracy theories that came with it with, like, Ratman and, like, all these other stuff, right, I thought made it awesome. And Cake yeah. is Alive being, like, a meme and all this stuff. And, like, the ending music, yeah. um, Still Alive, <laughs> being mm, a slapper. Being a slap, yeah. 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 But, dude, the thing there, too, is that, you know, one of my favorite things about video games is when they're so good on their own rights, but then how you want to play them is also fun. Mm -hmm. Grand Theft Auto is a perfect example where it's like, cool, there's a story that's amazing. There's like missions that are super fun, whatever. But just running around and trying to get six stars and just being an asshole fun is, yeah. is yeah. It's, its own experience, you know, trying to like take cars and just go off sweet jumps. Why? Just because it's fucking fun. Yeah. And Portal has that moment where it's just like you start to realize the rules of the world and you're just like, Wait, so you're telling me that if I put this there and there, the momentum will get me so that I can jump and, like, go farther? What? 
And it's like, you're not trying to break the game, but you're trying to use the game uh, just to have fun in ways that yeah. you're not necessarily like, supposed to be there, doing. I don't think there's a single person who's played through Portal who didn't do the thing where they shot the portal in the ceiling, shot it down, and just like kept yeah, going. Yeah, accelerate. That's like a requirement if you're playing that game. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah, right. I was gonna just to end on that one was the subtlety. You pretty much said it, but to, to stick on it, like it wasn't just that they made the portals because I feel like people probably had tried that, and it was how they managed to do it with those precise physics and ideas, like you're saying, and like meaning just the idea of going through a portal was one thing, but the way the boxes fell and yeah, the acceleration yeah. on things and and how it actually all worked, and then they added the style on top of it, and then that yeah. was why yeah. everybody I, was like, okay, everything was done just. Perfectly, you know. Yeah, if you want to talk about perfect, perfect game, perfect game actually, I'm just going to say, like, I think it might be in the running for like a game that is a perfect game. Like, that's one of the ones I'll probably. Yeah, put it's there. Yeah. it's funny. I didn't even mean to say that. It says like let up. I'm like, you know what? Maybe this. You know what? You know Maybe what? Portal's perfect. Portal is game. perfect. I'm picking that All one. Right, finally, one more round <laughs> around the table for a game that we think is a ten out of ten. Oh, last, there's last so many. There's the still, yeah, I know. Who do you want to give a nod to? Use some fun ones. You know what I mean? I have one that I'm surprised we haven't said yet. I got one. Well, that, no one throw it out, and then we won't count it. Okay, last was. Okay, yeah. It's the easy one. It is an easy one. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, that's one of those uh, probably on everybody's list, right? Yeah, it's yeah. On but I, I'm glad you put it out there. Get it's weird, funny. Greg. I cleared my mind, and Last of Us wasn't on my list. Really? Oh. Yeah, I love Last of Us. Obviously, that was like I'm the first like, one on my list. But I think it's one of those things. And this is back I, to the IGN and personal lists and all this other stuff. I was like the multiplayer, and I know yeah. people either love or hate the Some multiplayer. Some people love that. I know it's, a, yeah. it's an amazing multiplayer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see if you get it on the part two. Oh, you're not. You're not. It's garbage. Nine out of ten. Trying to get a little more weird. Weird, Greg. I don't think it's weird. Unexpected. Anthem. No, I'm fucking. <laughs> but I, I do think this is there's not a snowball's chance in hell of this being on any of your lists. It's super recent, but I think it's a ten out of ten. Concrete Genie. I Whoa. Think, oh wow. I think Concrete wow. Genie is a magical little game, and it's that thing where the further we get, I get away from it, the more I still find myself going back and thinking, "Fuck, I wish I could play that all over again. I wish I could do that whole platinum, that whole experience, the whole story. Like again, I think the cutscenes are so beautiful. It's what we're talking about earlier, where it's like short enough that it doesn't wear out its welcome like you're, i was never like oh i gotta backtrack i gotta do this i gotta do that like i loved existing in that world both finding new genies and using them to solve puzzles but then running around and getting the collectibles like you know it does this thing and this is a spoiler for concrete genie that's not like a story spoiler you know you play that game for hours and then eventually unlock your paint skates so you're skating around on paint and so that's all dope. of a sudden traversal is faster and different and if they just put in a free mode to go paint skate i'm sure so many people would go do it just run around uh the vr they put mode they put in for it is also super relaxing and super chill that's the thing the game overall is just like a uh, what do I, I call it a meditative experience right when i re reviewed it like yeah. it is peaceful to play that game and there's challenges and there's you know puzzles to figure out and there were definitely times of me like fuck how do i i know what it wants me to do how why can i not do that why can i not make my genie do what i want it to do but inevitably i found it on my own it, and it what never got me so frustrated that i was like fuck this game or anything like it's a beautiful heartwarming game hmm. also Friend. that was very unexpected that's what i uh, did i don't know this is totally out of the blue but i don't know if it would have made anybody else's list as starcraft um, that just like was one of those games you know, maybe it was at the time of my PC gaming love, you know, in the 90, late 90s. But holy cow, StarCraft just coming out, being the RTS with the style, with the everything. And really, you know, you look back in Blizzard's history and certainly World of Warcraft, like, became just monstrous. And I think a lot of what defined them. But, man, StarCraft at that moment and even looking back, like, just, I feel like, yeah, like, if we didn't have StarCraft then, like, would we have 
would we be where we're at with things like Dota and League of Legends today? And, you know, so StarCraft for sure. Um, anybody else StarCraft fans? I'm not feeling any. No, 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 no. <laughs> I get it. But yeah, yeah, I, mean, I, I would never like, argue. I know yeah, it's yeah, Impact, yeah. but it was never my game. I, I will also throw out there in a shameful admission. <gasps> it was the, I, I hate cheating, by the way. Oh, he cheated. So Battle.net was a thing, and that was another uh, incredible part, right? Being able to log online, you know, with your plugged-in telephone and, you know, with the face yeah. all yeah. over the world. Yeah. Um, getting on a battle net. So people were, like, cheating because I was getting crushed all the time. I was like, they like, have clairvoyance. Like, how do people know where I'm at? And going on the, you know, bulletin boards and in chat rooms finding out, like, oh, there's, like, this file hack Hacks. thing that people are using. And I was so frustrated staying up, you know, at 2 a.m. doing stuff that I was like, Screw it! You could remove the fog and see where people were at, and you know, of course, some they eventually patched out. But I, I was like, I, I want to play this game, but I have to use it. So anyway, the only game that I've ever done something with it. I, I look back and wish I hadn't participated in yeah. that problem, you know. But it was super broken. Bless. I'm gonna say the names of two games. I'm gonna oh, have wow. you guys choose which one I talk about. Okay, okay. <laughs> because these games were opposites: Near Automata or NBA Street Volume Two. <laughs> NBA, NBA Street Volume 2. Volume two. Dude, yes. <laughs> that game is similar to Burnout 3 for me, where it's like, it's just a perfect, like the gameplay, the gameplay loop of that game awesome. is just perfect, right? Like the, the well, one, the conceit of it is ridiculous, but it, it works so well of like, yeah, I'm just going to, we're going to, we're going to make a game where you're playing NBA, right? With NBA players, right? 3v3 street basketball. But then when you do tricks, that fills up a meter for then, <laughs> for you to get your game breaker and then execute. And then you get plus points or minus points based on which game breakers you execute and how you execute them. It's so good. It's such a perfect gameplay loop. Uh, but then also like the, the attitude, vibe and style yeah, of that game, the yeah. announcement. What's his name? Uh, crap, another DJ. Um, I'll look it up. And he's a, he's an actual real one too. He's like part of Rocksteady crew. Flex. Um, Cucumber yeah. Slice, DJ Cucumber Slice, Bobito Garcia. Yes. 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 Yep. Uh, I don't know how I retained that information. Go <laughs> <laughs> down. Yeah. It's uh, J U Ice. That game has <laughs> so much good attitude and so much positive attitude, and it like and that mother. Fucking soundtrack. Oh, the dude. soundtrack yeah. is Six so good. Six songs to rule them all. Dude. They will never get old. They reminisce no, yeah. over you, baby. Dude, that when that when that <laughs> instrumental kicks in, right at the very beginning, it's like dun -dun 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 -dun. like as soon as you hear that, you're like, oh, it's time. Oh, <laughs> I'm about to dunk on the pool. Right? <laughs> it's such a good, it's such a, a good soundtrack for even how little, how many songs or how little songs are on there because it feels like you're hearing the same song. I literally think in. there's six songs. Yeah, but they're all like they're all jams. incredible, man. The other other thing there is, I do feel like. An, Earlier, I was talking about Guitar Hero 3 being the one. I feel like NBA Street Volume 2 is so much better than 1. Mm. And yeah. so much better than 3. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like it just it had it all. It had it all. Yeah. It did everything the, it needed to do. The Street perfectly. Series across NBA, FIFA, and NFL, mainly NBA and NFL, because I didn't, I didn't love the FIFA Street games, even though I know a lot of people out there do love them. Those games are up there, man, for like great games on the PS2 and uh, that generation of consoles specifically. But even of all time, right? Like the street games, I feel like don't get enough credit for how good they they are and how how well put together they are as far as like their their gameplay, like as competitive games, right? I like would play NFL Street Volume Two and NFL Street One uh, with the homies all the time, and it never felt like oh yeah, this is unbalanced or this is weird. Like like there are probably like some things in there as far as teams you can choose that can unbalance the game, but. The, the back and forth of those games is so good and so satisfying and so fun. Like, I'll play anybody in Street Volume 2 right now and be very excited about it because that game for me is like an everlasting gobstopper of just fun and goodness. And so that game for me is a 10 out of 10 easily. Yeah, that game felt so good, especially in 2003. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just it didn't even make sense. It looked so good. It animated so well. Yeah, it just 
everything about it was just fantastic. Yeah. Where did it go? Yeah, for real. They tried. They, they made home court and it just same as SSX. Oh. Where is, I think. Where is home esports court took big? All of the freaking the fun out of it, man. It big. Did. <laughs> esports Remember big that? needs to come back. I think so that was. I think that's like a saving grace. Yeah. I think yeah. if they want goodwill, they bring back esports big. Yes, I just want to see the opening animation. Big and Skate Four. We heard you. Stop voting us the worst company ever. The last one I'm going to add is an easy one. Street Fighter 2. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's good. Just straight up, too. It's, I had Turbo on my list. It's like list, the chess like, of video games. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just feel like it is infinitely playable. The cast of characters is fantastic. The identity that this game has. Like, that's the thing is, like, what you, we talk about games being, you know, innovative and, like, revolutionary or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like just the simple idea of what is a fighting game? You think of Street Fighter 2, mm -hmm. you know? The, the health bars, just the way it's presented, the simplicity of the characters, but... The, the depth of having to master all of them, and also just how unique each one of them is, even though there really is only like three or four classes of characters that once you understand the, the motions of the, the quarter circle punch or whatever, you can kind of play as a majority of the cast this way or that, they feel different. Like yeah. It's like Ken and Ryu feel different, even mm -hmm. though they are so similar. And you can appreciate that on the most shallow level or the deepest level possible. And on top of that, there's the backgrounds of the levels. There's the music to each character. There's God, the bosses. so iconic. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's iconic and it, it, it stands the test of time, you know? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that has been some of our 10 out of 10 games. This was a fun one. We still got a post show to talk about. We are we talking more of our things? We uh, see what the kids said? We'll, we'll hang out with the kids. We want to see the comments we'll on YouTube. What are theirs, right? Oh, yeah. There's going to be a lot, a lot of good ones. I want some spicy takes. Leave them in the comments. I want to know, what are the crazy games you think are 10 out of 10? Tiger sure. Woods PGA Tour 2004. Honestly, there was a Madden game. There was. I know. There was other oh, stuff Madden that we didn't get to bring That's what I was thinking. It's Madden 04 and Madden 10 that are the best ones. I would say PGA Tour... It's like 2003, 2003 or four, yeah, somewhere in there. That sounds yeah, about I played right. the shit out of Madden 4. Oh, <laughs> 04. Such a good Is that the one with game. the... Actually, in the show. We'll talk about the post show. <laughs> We're going to the post show, baby. Until next time, love you guys.